Welcome to the Fright Zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Hogan. This episode, we're talking about 1986 Bloodhook. It's the story of a guy who takes his friends to his missing grandpa's lake house to compete in a fishing competition. Musky Madness! <laughs> Only to be terrorized by a killer who catches his victims with a giant tri-hook fishing lure. Also known as a that was treble really, hook. That was a really yeah. good intro, Greg. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> you, uh, you nailed it. Um, Like a fish to a wall. I, and I'll throw out, this might be a little different than other episodes, because we have a first on the Fright Zone. We actually uh, did an interview with an actress from this film. Yeah. We found out that she was living here in good old Des Moines, Iowa, and she was kind enough, uh, Lisa Todd, to get together with us and She came a little to talk. the Fright Zone. Yes, she entered the zone. Yo, what up, Todd? <laughs> so we'll play that interview a little later in the episode um but as a result we might not talk as much about uh the various parts of the film as we usually do because we want to make sure we can fit the interview in here so just thought we'd give you all a heads up in case you go what's going on here it's weird because like they make a point not to establish characters whatsoever there's like no dialogue it's just sort of uh you know th this whole intro part actually the whole structure of bloodhook reminds me of mutilator yeah, yeah. So you've got that same. I thought the exact same thing. Break. Kind of thing where it's like, it's a it's a little less gnarly in the how the death at the beginning goes down and stuff. But I also love this like reel to reel porn, just like watching it spin around and just like how that is really exciting, especially when you're a kid like learning how that stuff kind of works, even if it doesn't make any sense to you whatsoever. How, what are magnets? I don't fucking know. <laughs> How's that shit work? No one knows. Uh. Not even science. Can I get either of you drinks before we get going here? I have one over here. Um, I'd take like a soda if you had a soda. Thank you, though. Okay. Just. A soda? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it could be literally, you could bring me anything and I'll drink it. One camel fish coming up. As long as it's not. We played this venue and they had like black olive soda and pickle soda, which I I'd, I'd might drink that. You know what I would use pickle soda for is you'd make a Bloody Mary and you'd leave like a couple fingers at the top and fill it with pickle soda. And I bet that'd be awesome. Since we aren't quite going scene by scene through this movie, like we just kind of jump in their thoughts or whatever you guys want to go for. Cool, I'm going to start I know you at have the a beginning. little more Nate, so you go for it, baby. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like just sort of a soft focus flashback type scene of him. I mean, I guess it's not a flashback yet, but we do see it in a flashback multiple <laughs> times later. This is the actual scene. This is when it happens. But a kid's coming down this kind of like. I call it. I kept calling it a lake elevator. It's like the <laughs> the cliff is too steep or something, so they have this metal box that goes down the side of the hill on a train track type uh, rail system. Have you ever been on one of those? No. There's one in Dubuque called the Fenelon Elevator that I was on like three weeks ago. Oh, really? And it was because. Tell us more. Uh, I mean, yeah, you. you I don't, either I'm sure both of you've been to Dubuque, maybe, but Dubuque. Uh, anyway, yeah, this yeah. guy, like, the hill was so fucking steep, and the, and the roads, I think it was built in, like, 1872 like, or something like that. Sure. And this guy worked at a bank, and they had an hour that they would get for lunch. And by the time that this dude would take the road all the way to the top of the fucking hill, his he had, like, ten minutes to eat, you know? <laughs> and then yeah. he'd have to walk all the way back down the fucking hill. And so he saved, like, a shit ton of money, and, and initially it was, like... Uh, like a steam cart or there was like fire or, you know, powered by coal. I can't remember, but yeah. And this thing, like you get in it and the cart itself, I don't, I can't remember if this one is, but the cart in, in the one that I wrote is like, it's angled. 
Yeah. You know? So you sit, you sit in it straight, but like the card itself looks like it's this one the looks angled. angled. Yeah. You know. Anyway, they're pretty cool. So yeah, they're fucking. They're going. He's going down the thing, and he sees. At first, I, I'm like, is that his grandpa? Is it his dad? I think age-wise, it could easily be his grandfather. Um, and so they, there's a kind of like a JFK wave down, and they wave back and forth <laughs> and share a moment. He goes down, and uh, the grandpa, um, he goes down, and grandpa's got a reel-to-reel playing some music. Who brings a reel-to-reel down to the dock? I can't remember the name of the artist. A rich but, ass grandpa. But the song that he is playing while fishing is called "Fishing for Your Love." Oh yeah, which is one of the many fish-related puns that are in the movie, or just fish-related topical. That's that's what the movie's about. It's about fishing. Um. So yeah, like he goes down, and then he his grandpa turns to cast out, and it just shows him sort of like crudely grab his face. You see, you see, he sees his back. And he gets yanked into the water, and the kid runs away. And then the next thing we see, it says, 17 years later. And they're blasting this song that plays throughout the whole movie. It's this one song. They love it. That has, like, no real discernible lyrics. It just sounds cool. Hell, yeah. To me, it sounds like, if you've ever heard the band Black Widow... It sounds like their song Sacrifice, like Sacrifice, Sacrifice. You say you wanna sacrifice. And it goes that same pacing. And uh Yeah, so it cuts and there's just this group of teens slash people in their early twenties rolling down the highway, heading towards musky madness. <laughs> and there's not really a whole lot of like they haven't explained yet that the driver Peter is Peter Van Cleese. is the is the guy from the earlier scene, well, which we the do dude find that's out. Played by Mark Jacobs, who's best known as Bruce and Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And in case someone goes, "Who's Bruce and Goodfellas?" He's the dude that Leota beats the shit out of after he like makes a pass at Leota's girl, right? Yeah, it's that yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, I like in the scene too, though. This is also where we uh, we we meet uh, Iowa's own Lisa Jane Todd. Um, and she's like Pierre's girlfriend, and I love that um, she's like a psych major, mm-hmm. and she just keeps like berating him for his childhood trauma, which I yeah. think is yeah. she's going to school to be a psychologist, and she's like, yeah, she's like, she's just like ri- roasting, she's like the outing him in front of their friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like, hilarious. Oh, he's all fucked up because his grandpa died. <laughs> That's where we're going. It's just funny she keeps roasting him. It's like, yeah. wow, man. Also, uh, they I, would though. That would be what would happen. Totally. Uh. I didn't even think about that while we were talking to her here. Yeah. Uh, and as you'll discover in the interview, uh, she is a doctor now. Yeah. So I thought it was hilarious that her first role. Her character was she heading was towards an aspiring her doctor. You know, yeah. Just funny. Uh, There's yeah, some dude. great lines in this scene. They're hauling ass down the road, drinking some lining kugels, like, which is a constant for sure. And oh, there's so much lines in this film. And one of the first lines Peter says is, Jesus, I can't hear myself drink. <laughs> and then they're listening to some music, and he says, it's like Beethoven and Mussolini. Um, and then there's something where he's like, I can't listen to any more of this music. It makes me feel like I'm full of chowder. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, I, it took me three hours to watch this movie because, you because I was just trying to dialogue? write down yeah, the dialogue. Dude, there's some where it's like, I don't have anything else, but just like 
quote, 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 quote. Yeah, it's so, good, dude. It's, and it's all really clever for the most part. And they're heading towards that fest. Musky, mad, 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 mad. Then it smash cuts to uh, Leroy LeDuc, who we get to know a lot better throughout this movie than we do in this scene. But it's just him decapitating a very small fish on a board. You would say in a bucket hat. And bucket hats are coming back. They are. What's not coming back is these kids at the pool the other day, some teens that had their underwear on they had their boxer shorts on under their swimsuits and it was pulled up higher so that and it's like no 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 it's you're not supposed to wear your underwear with your swimsuits you might as well be wearing an adult diaper that's how cool you look when i can see your underwear i mean isn't the thing with the swimsuit that there's built-in underwear yes there's a liner that's the underwear hell yeah but these kids are so Dense, they couldn't figure it out. Anyway, just did you the tell them that? Me. I wanted to, but I'm like, yo, double draws. Hey, what's probably, up, kids? You look like a fucking loser. They're probably not even 18, and, you, and I'm there with all my kids. You took your hand, you put it on their face, and pushed them into the pool. <laughs> Slowly push them down. You look like a fucking square. Yeah, so I want my kids to see you in your underwear now. <laughs> um, oh, man. And that's when we get the... Uh, I will you know, say the, Leroy the, is kind of like... In this movie, he's kind of like a the crazy Ralph type character. Actually, most of the people that live in this town they go to in this movie are like uh, I say Captain Ron. I mean Captain Ron. They're like Roy. I wish it was or not Roy. Ron. They're like Ralph. From <laughs> yeah, you said crazy oh, Ralph first, oh, okay. and then you somehow got <laughs> completely sidetracked and went to Captain Roy and Captain Ron. <laughs> I don't fucking know what's going on. Got Kurt Russell no, on but, the mind. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, they're just, all almost interchangeable. No, but yeah, almost everyone in this movie, though, has a crazy Ralph role. They're all like, oh, you shouldn't be around here. You know, it's dangerous out in that lake. Yeah. Or, we don't, don't like city slickers. They bring the acid rain down here. Like, that, like <laughs> yeah. everyone just hates these people. Yeah. A little Judd from Pet Cemetery, a little like. Sometimes dead's better. Yeah. Don't go down there. <laughs> I don't go down there. But yeah, but still, there's lots of fake old. <laughs> there's. <laughs> I think Leroy is actually older. He's, like he's awesome. He's and and I, like everyone else in this movie, not in anything else. When Don Winters, him, he's like, great. I literally had the thought. I was like, oh, that guy's in this. Like, I've yeah, seen him too. in something. And he when I saw he has no presence. credits, it's like, how did this guy not have more roles exactly like this? It was great in it. Where he's just, if, if not Bloodhook 2, then what? Oh, you fuck. Know? I wish there's Bloodhook 2. <clears throat> Still hooking. So this movie's directed by Jim Mallon. Uh, who's probably best known for his work on MST3K. Uh, he voiced Gypsy 1989 through 1997 and wrote and directed plenty of the episodes along the way. And also Finner's character, Chris Whiting, not that we've been introduced to him yet, but he also was a contributing writer on MST3K. It's very cool. Which I thought was interesting, but he it's from Minnesota. So. Yeah. This is a very Minnesota, Wisconsin, Midwest vibe movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. Midwest is fuck. If you haven't been to the Midwest, like this isn't a totally inaccurate representation of what it's like in between the cities. We do have yeah. cities here. This is like and Lake they're Panorama. they're like cities everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, but this is like if you could drive an hour away from our city and find this place. Totally. For sure. Lake Panorama in the 90s used to be exactly like this. And then, you know, there was very few houses around it. And you go there now, and now it's like all these people who work at like Wells Fargo and shit. Right. That are like buying multiple properties, tearing down the homes, building these huge fucking like multi million dollar yeah. like 
you know, cabins and stuff. Well, they're not cabins. They're like mansions. They probably it's tell insane. people their cabins and in like boardroom meetings yeah. and stuff. Oh, it's like, yeah, to the cabin. Got, got a new 15 cabin. fucking bedrooms. Yeah. <laughs> um, can have a work retreat there. Yeah. I assume the MST3K stuff's pretty exciting to you, Nate, because I know you, you're, oh, yeah. you're MST3K head. Watched like a stupid amount of it and all the riff track stuff. Like when Emily and I were going through trying to see like which ones we hadn't seen, we couldn't find any. That's awesome, though. And with MST3K, she was into it before we started seeing each other. So it was something we kind of bonded over. It was like definitely a when we got home from going out and doing whatever, you put MST3K on and it just plays. And then she started buying the box sets and stuff but the old yeah. like vhs box sets of them well she had some of those but most of what she had was the ones that shout factory had started nice. putting out those but, are cool yeah so uh it's cool to see this guy doing something outside of that though too yeah it's for too sure. bad he doesn't have more movies really um there's a lot of not a lot of the people in this did much else <laughs> yeah. the, actually the lady that moved here yeah. has probably done more than most of the people involved in this except for possibly peter or Mark Jacobs, because he was in Goodfellas. Yeah, he was. And he was in this really awesome shot on video horror movie called Soul of the Demon. I don't know if you have seen that, but I'll, I've never heard that. I could lend it to you. I got it from Cal from Dry- Dryad sold me his right. copy, and I was like blown away. This uh, this director, uh, he has a Ryan Krenz movie too uh, for the story, which was a concept from uh, his mind and his friend David Herbert. Uh, Herbert was the producer on this, who only had one other production credit to his name, 1990s Old Explorers, which... I've never seen. Me either. I don't think I really care to see. Is it, it a prequel to the Explorers? <laughs> the description says like a couple <laughs> old guys who like are reliving and reenacting adventures from history or something. So it's like grumpier old men, but stupid. It's, I mean, as, Not I, as, like that, I have no interest in that. Um, but the script itself is written by Larry Edgerton and John Galligan, who appear to have no other credits or names. And one of them was the director's college Ryan teacher, which is how he got roped into this. They should have written more. They're good at dialogue. Yeah, yeah. This movie, this movie is really good. I wish the director would have made more. Um, I mean, clearly he has a love for this stuff, which is why he, you know, did so well on MST3K. Yeah, you know, like he gets it. He gets why the genre is fun. I mean, this movie is, it's a blast. Well, know? right out of the gate, I would, I would want to say that, like, I always remember seeing this movie on the shelf. I could also go th- wait to go through this when no. we're talking about no, the you releases. Know no, you know, I'd say this is a good time, because uh, when was, did you first see it? This is kind of so that same. When a, did you first see it? This was a tape that I used to see on shelves at the video store, and it was also when I was um, becoming aware of trauma, and I've talked about this before, we've talked about this before. But Troma is known for making a certain kind of movie, and either you're in the mood for it or you're not in the mood for it. But at the time, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that they also released movies that other people made just yeah. under their moniker. Yeah. You know, I'd see that ding, 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 yeah. at the beginning, and just like, oh, this is going to be like Classic Newcomb High Part 2. It's going to be silly. Yeah. It's gonna There's be something like comforting about that opening. Though, yeah. I, I don't ever turn <laughs> it off when yes. I see it. <laughs> yeah. But I and the cover looks like a trauma cover on the VHS tape. It's it looks totally. like it's gonna be a comedy with some horror in it. Yeah. And I don't really feel like there's definitely like especially this loon lady, there's some <laughs> silliness to it. But overall, it has like it's like it's rooted in there's it shows violence and yeah. it's it's cool and it's got a backstory and it's this you know the soundtrack's good. It's overall like a really good movie. The Blu-ray has a more legit cover as far as like. Yeah. what the movie feels like when you're watching it. So anyway, 
<laughs> bought the tape at one point, had it for years and years and years and years. And, and how was, long? I was afraid to watch this it. Was? I mean, I probably had. It. I owned the tape for like a decade before I watched Ooh. it. So, I actually didn't watch the tape until I got a copy of the Blu-ray for cheap at VHS Fest. Oh, so you so I just you watched saw it like last, last year. year. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. real nude for you. Yeah, I'd always had it on the shelf, and I just was like, I like the cover so much. Yeah. I don't want to watch it, and it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and I have yeah, it yeah, like, yeah. Not. well, because on paper, if someone goes, oh, "It's a slash movie of a fisherman," you go, "Oh, yeah, okay, that's probably going to be." And then there's probably a reason I haven't watched that slasher. When I didn't yeah. work at night, I used to do movie nights at my house with like friends and my mm-hmm. brother and stuff. Yeah. And there was one night where just my brother came over and I gave him a few movies to choose from. He chose Blood Hook and we watched it and we thought it was a lot of fun. It and is. it's a good excuse to revisit it now that we we personally know one of the actors, one of the stars <laughs> in the film. <laughs> How about you, Hogan? When did you first watch it? Today. For real? Yeah. This was your first viewing was today? Two firsts today. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He, awesome. You got hooked. I, yep. I uh, can't wait for your l- review of this. Um, I first saw it, so it's definitely something I rented back in the day, and no real memories of watching it besides it just being like, oh, okay. Like, in my mind, I... I you didn't I, catch the musky madness? No. I mean, it's <laughs> something I know I rented, because it was on the shelf, Um. There was a there was a summer where I watched about two horror movies from a VHS store in town every single night because a dude that I was friends with in junior high, I want to say seventh grade, he had a paper route for a summer and the deal was that summer like I'd help him do his paper route and his mom would rent us movies every day so like every day for a summer I'd watch two different horror movies on VHS yeah and then and then we'd deliver newspapers then go home, go to bed, sleep all day, and get them just bum around the mall and shit and rent movies. Like, it was a pretty fun summer. Yeah. But I watched a ton of movies then, and I know this is one of them, that it's just like, there's you no memory watching. You watching so many movies that it melted yeah, it together. Didn't, like, so I'm saying it didn't stick with me yeah. um, at all. So I, I like, watched it again, or you could say rediscover or discovered it was good in the last couple of years. But same thing, got the Vinegar Syndrome disc probably two, two or three years ago, 2019, 2020. Yeah. Um, and yeah, watching like, oh, this is fucking fun. It's it's competent. It's a ridiculous premise, but it's made with such seriousness that it's it's really fun to watch. Yeah, it's a very competently made movie. And the people that are in it, there's no actor in it except for maybe Kirsten. But still, like, her character is supposed to be well, sort like, of like dim. Yeah, one more time about the Midwest. Way, it's like, I like, met that girl. Yeah, like you know, like I mean, all the people in this movie—it's like I feel like I've met every character in this movie somewhere in my life. This it's game they're playing maybe. when they're trying to guess what the can is by smelling it. Like, do they do this all the time? <laughs> Cans without labels. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was shot in Hayward, Wisconsin. We're talking about it was made here in the Midwest. It was shot in Hayward, Wisconsin, which I want to go there just because there's a giant fiberglass muskie in this movie, and it's and there. it's real. It's really there in Hayward, Wisconsin. It's still so there. It's like I want to go to see it. Um, I would say uh, they didn't make that for this movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> like their whole budget. Uh, that's something I feel like if there's ever a horror convention in Wisconsin or something, we should all go, and then we could try to stop by Hayward and get a picture at the Muskie statue. That'd be sweet. Yeah, pick up a twelve dollar thirty pack of hams. Oh, daddy! Yeah, they got the shit it's up the there. Motherland. You can or get a home. good Airbnb type place up there for not too much. I mean, it's. You're not going to get it for free, but 
what you get for what you pay for is kind of nuts. It's like <laughs> the largest total musky ever caught, by the way, is seventy pounds. Oh, Good God, just geez. fucking insane. <laughs> where was? Did, did you find where it was caught? In Wisconsin. Oh wow. Is <clears> there <throat> they only in Wisconsin? Does it say like? Um, only found in the Tattahoochee River or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Did Leroy catch that one or? Uh, let's he, see. Oh, he wants to. Yeah, I don't know. It He's still say. out there. I mean, yeah. no spoilers, but total spoiler. <laughs> Leroy is somewhere in Wisconsin. Don't be playing any Black Widow albums or whatever it is they keep playing over and over again live at Budokan. <laughs> the most monotonous mother of all time. That kid, I was like, is that like a really young donkey lips? It's yeah, not. No. He's not anything else. So they pull up, and the first thing they do is they start yelling at Leduc, like, what's up with these roads? Like, you can't find anything. They're such Put piece of shit, signs. city slickers. And he says something about, like, the misuse of tax money. Yeah, he's because, like, you people could put up some signs with all the money we give you. It's like, why would he be getting tax money to put up signs? He's, like, running this. He literally has a it's like bucket a of water shack. with minnows in it that he feeds stuff to. Yeah. Dude, and like, and there's such assholes, and Leroy's still so nice. He gives him like free bait. He gives the kid like a stud finder or something. Yeah, well, like, that, have the, a great day. The fucking dad's Whoa. like, you got changed for a hundred, and it's like, you motherfucker, you did that shit on purpose. Yeah, you know I don't. You knew that dude didn't have money or change for. Pays 100. like a hundred dollars a year for rent on that <laughs> place. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he gives him the stud finder. Goes, Merry Christmas, and then he's like, free minnows. This, his business plan is whack, actually. When I first saw this and he did that, I was like, oh, he's the killer. He just decided he's going to kill them anyway. He'll just take all this stuff back. <laughs> that's what I had. The thought I had, like, that's the next scene is going to be him killing this family. Um, dun, dun. So and then and the mom's like, she, the, the, the daughter's like, can I get a soda? And the mom's like, you can't get a soda here. It's like, why not? He's, he's giving like, away this stuff. He's, it's all free. Apparently, yeah, just go in and up. get a soda and be like, hey, can you break this hundred? Yeah, take everything. <laughs> Make it a six pack, you know, while you're in there. And then uh, that can of know. new Coke's going to be a hundred dollars. But he's just super nice. Like, oh, n- not for you folks. <laughs> then we get back to the kids and they're he- they're showing up to that big fiberglass fish. The musky madness Ooh. is happening. This is where we meet Bev D because I love Bev D. Yeah. Thanks, she- Bev D. And she's carrying around these musky madness trucker hats and just slapping them on like, you know, kind of doofusy looking dudes that are hanging around. Um, Thanks, Bev D. Yeah. (laughs) She smiles like a fucking maniac. Just like all the time. Only roll. That smile did not get picked up for a future in filmmaking. So they walk up and there's this guy who's the dude that's won like every competition for the last seven years or whatever who i just was calling fisherman jerk it's like dudley um, dalton or something like yeah. that dudley do right yeah it's got double d's i know that yeah and it's got he's got he probably does he's <laughs> fucking this guy <laughs> and so he's doing a competition he just gets done nailing in the sign and they walk up and it says like test with the champ like see if you can beat the champ and it shows him cast into a little ring that's out on the lake and then uh finner gets his 
pull out of this crazy like bazooka style case <laughs> and he slaps on like a bicycle handle on the bottom that has tassels and he like kind of like swaths them out and you go the dude says to him uh you get those off that your tricycle honey is, is that the, where is those tassels came from is this the dude that ended up being a writer in mst3k finner yes yeah 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 that guy and uh then there's this whole thing where he's like he immediately beats him the guy's like we don't like cheaters around here get out of here cheater and they they those tassels aren't regulation (laughs) and this is where we meet fake old guy that greg was talking about he comes up and slams the stereo off he goes turn off that goddamn headache machine and uh he's like hey man just don't uh don't just don't steal my stuff like he thinks he's gonna steal it or something (laughs) So they load up and they head to the house, the grandpa's house, which he was left in a will, I guess, or something. Yeah. I don't Nobody's been there. And somebody's been, these people have been taking care of it this like two decades. He's almost. like an old friend of grandpa's because we find out later in the movie that he like shot grandpa on accident on a fishing trip or something. Yeah. He's like, I felt so bad. I just took care of his house all these years. <laughs> they, gave, they gave me a job. Didn't have to do that. He gave me a job. Which is funny. And so he repays that favor by just like being a total asshole to, to his, his grandson. grandson okay yeah so then we meet uh which did any of you guys write down this dude that dude's name the trucker military Birth. guy that looks sort oh, of crazy like his it's what it's his son isn't it the it is the old man's son yeah old man eric what's his son okay so it's his son and uh, the, he's just polishing his guns he has a bunch of insane red ranting lines. and raving about <laughs> He's got a couple of fucking great rants. Like, he definitely, and you'll see it more later on, where he has, like, you know, he's definitely, like, a tinfoil hat-wearing dude. Yeah, he'd be totally, like, nowadays, he'd be QAnon all day long. He'd fit right in with a lot of this (laughs) country now. Yeah. What it is, is it's those people from everywhere now can talk to each other. Yeah. Which is causing an issue. (laughs) They can also make videos in their trucks and post on YouTube for all the other rednecks to watch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw one oh, the other man, day. Oh, you got him good. It was some like dude just saying, like, hey, you should get back in the closet. The world was a lot better place when you're in the closet and stuff. It's like, yeah, for you, <laughs> not for anyone that's in the closet. What the fuck are you talking about? It's just like they, they're, they like, they're like children. Because they only see the world from their oh, perspective, yeah. and it's like how they see the world is that everything exists around them, which well, is how yeah, kids view the world. My thing is, it's kind of like if it's not affecting you, fuck cares. Yeah, like even if you have a problem with something, it's not affecting you. Yeah, just fucking go about your business. Right. Like, what? When are you ever going to interact with this at all? I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're incapable. It must be great to be that disconnected from reality. Like, because I actually can't even, I can't even comprehend it. Like, I don't understand why you care at all about something someone else is doing that doesn't affect you. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I literally just don't understand why, how you can get to a point where what other people are doing like that bothers you so much. I can have my dad over and we can ask him. Yeah. <laughs> you want to call him? Can so. be a guest right now? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, damn. That's got to be the best whittled M16 I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and he just fucking ruined it. Yeah. Like, now he's going to have to put some sort of putty on there. I thought about that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, a little wood filler. <sighs> what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> it's never going to look right again. And then that makes the question is like, was that dude ever really in the war? Was he just, is he just like out of his mind? I think he's got to be out of his mind. Walking wounded. 
<laughs> and they they go into the house, and Anne scopes out the LPs, and she's like, Louis Armstrong, Glenn Miller. There's Who's a really right good here. record collection. Wow. She puts on a record, and it's Vicky Lee. That's the name, and it's called Fishing for Your Love. And we hear that song just about as much as we hear that other one song. Yeah, that might as well be the entire soundtrack. Yeah. I will shout out the score in this movie is awesome. Uh, they didn't really do anything else. If I looked up, because like, I actually think the score in this movie is legitimately cool. Like, if it was on vinyl, I would blast it. Some nice synth sounds. It sounds like a DX7 to me. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Like, it's it's it's, like, it's really effective. Yeah. It's it's, it's cool, moody. Man. It it's got it like feel. It's got the right 80s synth energy, you know? Hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, brother. So then we, we get another, uh, you know, Peter walks out onto the, the back patio, which is also very well kept for 16 years of just people kind of living there. <laughs> and uh, this is our first flashback sequence where he sees himself getting onto the trolley to go down the lake elevator. <laughs> and uh, we cut to the dinner sequence, which is something else. Um, most most towns like this in the Midwest have these like there's a restaurant in the town square area. Everyone just kind of goes there. They have burgers and you can get burgers. You can get pot roast. You can get chicken fingers. Yeah. You can get you know hams. it's like the stuff you get at the old country <laughs> buffet, but made sort of that day, <laughs> sort of that day. And sometimes they're really good. We ate it when I was with my uh, family up in uh, northern Minnesota. We went to this place that was called Wizards, and they had like, the most fucking awesome wings, and they had potato lays on the menu. They even said potato lays, and it was a huge overflowing basket. It was like four ninety nine for like what had to have been like a full size bag of them of hash browns with flowery salt on. Yeah, dude, we killed. We each got up two pounds of wings each. That, when was and this? we split the potato lays. I don't know at this point. Like when you were seven, a kid, seven years ago. No, oh, recently. It's like we, my kids were there. Oh, nice. And uh, had a couple beverages. It was very, very cool place. Heck yeah! So yeah, that, I think that was kind of that place in that town. So they're eating, <laughs> and there's this weird conversation about like making art, and then like you don't when when are you gonna make art? It's like oh, I want to get back into music. Well, yeah, because Peter like it was a music head. Yeah, yeah. And there's like so it's like also like it's in their family's blood. Grandpa had a sweet record collection. Peter wants to be a musician, but he's just his childhood traumas get in the way. He can't do it. It's like a really weird. Uh, not a spoiler alert. Maybe no, it's we like, can spoil it. It's We're like a really, it's like a really fucking weird thing to have in there because it's like it's completely unnecessary because they mix the mu- it's the music and the cicadas that are driving this man yes. crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. It would make so much more sense to just have the cicadas. Yeah, that drives him crazy. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah. it's still the same amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> Like we don't and need you don't this, have to have a boombox. Yeah, we don't need this unnecessary scene. exposition about like, <laughs> oh, he has perfect pitch. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Yeah. Uh, so then, yeah, they, they end with like Anne and Peter, like let's make art together. Oh, and yeah, then we dude. cut over to the, those uh, assholes from earlier that were being a jerk at the bait shop. 
And they're eating. Oh, the family. And the, the little yeah. girl, so she's cutting into her food. She's like, I don't like fish. It smells like someone's feet. <laughs> and then her brother says, I don't like when you eat with your mouth open. <laughs> and then, uh, or no, then she says, I don't like when you eat with your mouth open to her brother. That's right. And he says, I don't like when you talk with your mouth open. <laughs> um then the mom starts going into this, like, it sure was fun out there today. How many loons do you think we saw? And she starts going on about loons and stuff. And she does a little, woo-hoo, kind of call. Dude, then she goes out. And the husband the dock, says, right? I, I've been watching a loony all day long. <laughs> <coughs> Talking about that shit. The, the mom wanders the goes out. out in the dock, right? Well, she threatens, she says, I'm going to go get a cab. I'm going to my sister's house because he's like, I came here to fish. Later, he says $10,000 trip. So I don't know how he spent ten grand to go to Musky Madness Man. unless he bought that Winnebago yeah, for that just, trip. Just to go to Musky Madness. Because back in that time period, I mean, maybe he rented it for way too much money or something. I, when she's out on the dock, because um, so she's out there, she's the one like – it seems almost like a weird David Lynch thing to me too. Like when she's like just like doing the calls, yeah, but and you getting know, course, super excited. Yeah, that was, that so was kind of John Waters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd be like, ooh, <laughs> like what's well, so excited? She's gonna blow. Uh, the, Big man. You know, the killer gets her with a line, you know, because she's the first one we see. Get, we see the line on right. Yeah, we see it hit her, and then he and then tugs, she, and then she's gone. But yeah, but she's like lure. I love it because he looks out the window and it's like she's just spinning. It's like around. she's almost like. Using an invisible hula hoop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah her spinning around is the thing that seemed lynching to me. Just like her like, just rotating because it's so yeah. sh- it seems so strange. Yeah, here's like the one who sees it, and then like she gets pulled off, and he's like, "I just saw something out there." The only two <laughs> things that bothered me about that shot is that he could have clearly seen the water that she splashed onto the dock. Yeah, but when it shows what he sees, he it's not there, which you know. But that would have been like she must have gone in the water. That's how you'd know she went in the water. The splash that that lady would make would have been audible. We got the fisherman jerk. He's growing some fish to cheat in a contest, even though earlier he tried to say that they don't like cheaters around there. Um, but we see fake old dude or Durst. We could just call him Durst. Cause that's, yeah. He, and he's peeping. I mean, There's if that's not peeping, I don't know what is. There might, there There's might no window. some milk in the restaurant, too. Yeah, right. Oh, he was peeping he's, out the window. He's peeping, he's peeping out. on the loon girl. You can peep out. Yeah. The same way you can peep in. It's all peeping, baby. No matter what direction you go, baby. It's a classic case of outward peeping. We here at the Fright Zone, we're open-minded. We don't care which way you peep. Just <laughs> do what feels right. Sometimes you fall out of a tree and get hit by someone's dad. And you end up marrying him. And then your son goes back to the future. But Durst comes in. <laughs> And uh, he dumps the bucket with all the pre-grown fish into the lake. So they are no longer going to be his easy way out of winning this contest. Um, See, then. Oh, yeah. So then this is the part where it shows them eating um, or sniffing the cans with no covers on them to see what is inside of them, whether they be beans or whether they be SpaghettiOs. And then Finner just starts getting all super pumped up about musky madness and starts chanting. And he chants enough that Rodney ends up getting so pumped up that they both just ditch Kirsten <laughs> in the kitchen with those open 
labelless cans to go fishing and experience some of this musky madness. This is where uh, Peter starts to tell Anne a little more about the backstory as far as like what's going on with like his past. And then she just starts railing and was like, <laughs> him out for not, she's like, you're not doing anything with your music. Yeah. <laughs> and this is really funny where he like slams on the keyboard, like a little kid and he picks it up and clang. <laughs> as he walks away, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and then it cuts to uh, Rodney and Finner on the boat. The sun's up now. And uh, Finner goes, last beer of the day? And Rodney says, no, it's the first beer of the day. And they uh, are all excited because Finner caught like a 40-pound muskie. And they're going to take it in to see if they can... You know, win this contest. That's a whole, you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right. I like this part because it's like, Finner says something to the, well, he, I mean, he, the fact that he says he can't fucking swim. Yeah. And he's like standing on the edge of the boat, pissing into the water. And the other dude's just like, I don't know, rocking it yeah. back and forth. Like, yeah, fuck you. You'll figure it out. And he says, maybe I'll practice while we're out here or something. <laughs> Yeah. Which that doesn't come up. No. That's not, <laughs> no. And it's also just not something I think you just randomly, like, casually practice. <laughs> yeah. Like, you go take classes if you yeah. don't know how to swim, right? <laughs> Do people really not know how to swim? Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, how does that happen? I don't know. Recently, this is, I mean, not about swimming. Do you know how to swim, Hogan? Uh, yeah. I, sw- I, I can swim very well. Um, oh, humble brag. Jeez. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, uh, I can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Get off my nuts. Yeah. <laughs> But Ba-bum. so we were in. I tell you, we were in Dubuque recently, and we went on like a cave tour. Yeah, and uh, there was this girl who was like leading the cave tour. I bet she was maybe only sixteen oh. years old, so her her family must own it, you know, or something right. like that. And uh, there's like so many people down there. There's like you know twenty five people in a line. Those caves are like really narrow. And um, she's like, "All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand to the side and." Uh, I want all of you to go on ahead of me, and when you get to this, uh, you know this this one whatever thing, you know, part of the cave, it says the turtle, and she looks at this lady and she goes, "Can you read?" Yeah. <laughs> and the lady's like, "Yeah." And she and the girl goes, "Hey, I don't know. Some people can't read. It's weird. I don't understand it, but they can." <laughs> and everybody's just like, "Uh, okay." Yeah. Super awkward. Yeah. Did the Incredi- lady just look like she couldn't read? No, she looked. I mean, she, I don't know. But this was girl. Was she like cross eyed? No. She like thick this girl is of, just yeah. so apparent. She was like, fuck you people. Fuck my parents. Fuck this cave. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> oh, so. They, they so, pull- did you like have a swim off with this bitch or what? I mean. No. Okay. I don't know why. Maybe think you can't swim, you can't read. Anyway, still sorry. building up to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next yeah. time they meet. Yeah. <laughs> so they pull up in their boat with this muskie they just caught. Uh, Rodney doesn't catch anything, so he's still got the madness. Um, but yeah, they they pull their boat up, and Bev D is Bev is D? just randomly on a jog. She works out way too much, dude. I love um, the reveal of Bev D's kid that she yeah. just leaves in a crib in the middle of her front yeah. yard. Yeah. There's like there could be bears out there. She runs so much it's irresponsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they uh 
she goes, it's 40 pounds. Probably win the contest. And Finner says, gee, that'd be sweet. Which we now, <laughs> which we now know wouldn't win the contest. No, not even close. 70 pounds, baby. It's a big 70 one. 70-pounder. Yeah, and she just has her kid in what I was calling a yard cage. <laughs> like it's kind of like a yard cage. Wouldn't it be safer for the kid to be inside? Yeah, like in the house. Somewhere in a cage? Like a, a large bird couldn't snatch him up, a bear oh, couldn't dude. eat it, yeah. wolves, a rabid dog. Anything. There's so many things that could go wrong there. You know, Horrible funny. sunburn. You I didn't just even get, fucking think about just it. just get in there or something. I literally didn't even, I didn't think twice about it. Stella was the one that was like, isn't that weird? And I was like, I don't know. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> isn't that what they have those like fucking portable <laughs> cages for? Logan's like, I used to leave you in a cage in the yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people take them like, say they go camping or something, but they're still by the cage. Yeah, I suppose. They're still you're not going to run around yeah. the yeah. fucking yeah. lake. Yeah, you're not like gone for Yeah, they're good. <laughs> I'll hear the screams. <laughs> I mean, the cries. Yeah. I mean, the need for me to be back. All you're going to hear is, <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. There's a golden eagle carrying off my baby. <laughs> so then they get inside, and they're looking at the records and talking and whatever. So the actual band name is Red Echoes, and the record yeah. that they play in the house is live at Budokan, even though it's clearly not live. Um, and Maybe she's, they're just and, that good live, bro. And uh, Finner says... You gotta hear this. It's my favorite. It's like, dude, I like you're in her it. house. Yeah. yeah, that's her record. But it turns out it's actually her ex-husband's record. But um, that's not like what you would assume. Yeah, Mister Drunkenstein. She says something like to that effect. She calls him beer for brains. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Drunkenstein's good too. She says, "Old, good old beer for brains." It's his record. Yeah. She jumps up. Turns the record off right when they start having a good time. He's like, that's my ex-husband's record. I'm going to take my kid down to the water. You guys should go. <laughs> How about like if you're going to go work out and put your kid in a lake? Hang out. Why don't you guys stay and hang out yeah. and watch my kid you party with while I do this thing? But yeah, she's got some like eight-pound weights or whatever that she's, she's doing. Those ones with the sand in them. Oh, yep. yeah. And uh, occasionally she's looking up and just like, that manic smile looking at her kid who's wading around in the water. Oh, this seems good. So then we see that like someone's fishing for her kid, and you see the treble hook kind of land on the ground and get yanked back Which out. Which I take it because the Red Echoes record was blasting a little bit before that. It's yeah. Set setting them off. Them off. Yeah, because they played that in, in league with the cicadas. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Cicadas and Red Echoes pisses off the killer. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out, and then he actually does snag the, the little kid's leg. You'd think this would maybe make her change her ways. Maybe she'd be more protective of her love child. But we see her jogging a lot still after this. And if she's jogging, no one's watching that child. <laughs> That's what we've learned so far. So, yeah. And if they're jogging, are they on that half dozen mile jog is that how long that kid's alone in the woods in a box six miles waiting to feed some fucking bear yeah you know how long it takes to run a mile tell us hogan i don't know first thing he does when rodney hits the water is he like circles his boat around that fisherman jerk guy and gives him the finger oh yeah (laughs) like that's awesome because that guy does suck uh he goes for a little swim Hell he yeah. uh, comes out. He's swimming in his jeans for some fucking unknown reason. Because he's like, a you're city on a boat by yourself, dude. Don't you have underwear on? Like, just swim in your underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah, your pants. Mm. Not yeah. your pants. Doesn't he know like that's a lake. thing now? People swim in their underwear. 
Totally. Kids of all ages, mostly <laughs> yeah. teens, love to swim in their underwear. <laughs> they put their diaper on, then their underwear, and then their swimsuit. I think that's the order. So they uh end You guys up... remember Aqua Socks? Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Do I mean they... I wear swim shoes. I don't go in barefoot. Yeah. Dude, do they still make Aqua Socks though? Like this like remember because there was like, like rubber the brand. Thing. I want I want adult Aqua Socks. I got you. Okay. <laughs> Capitalize adult. Whoa, Hogan actually <laughs> has multiplayers of Aqua Socks here in the studio. He doesn't really. <laughs> he carries around. That would be he just in case. He's pulled out three pairs. I actually just buy you guys some. Whoa, dude. Whoa, so then he gets out of the water. He gets up on the boat. He starts playing the tunes. He starts jamming. First of all, Aqua Socks is actually a baseball, a minor league baseball team in Everett, Washington. Oh, nice. Are they the official sponsor of the... the they don't wear cleats. The they all wear aqua socks. <laughs> <laughs> they just like fucking dripping in the dirt and stuff. <laughs> so he, play, he starts playing the tunes and he uh, lays out to dry off. Maybe dry his pants. Maybe that's why he's laying out. Uh, at which point we see... Which I don't know how he didn't notice that first cast. Like when it came in. So it misses him. And then it oh. lands on the chair he was on. And then he stupidly... Just like face plants onto it where it gets him right in the ball bag and the lower stomach. And then it just keeps cut. It cuts back and forth to him like going. Wah! And then him reeling it in more to the point where he reels it in enough that Rodney just dives headfirst into the water. Which we later find out he has a routine after that. But that is the last we see of Rodney alive. Bummer. I like that character. He's yeah. like the character in the group that I'm like, like, all right. He's like the friend that I'm the most like, I don't know. He seems the most like slash movie, like where he's kind of memorable. Yeah. Where it's like the, no, the, the, you got the ditzy annoying girl and yet Pierre and like, so, I don't know. You got the guy trying to get with Bev D. It's like, I don't know. He just kind that of a like the one who's kind of like, good mood. He's like, all right. Like, that's cool. He's fun. It's like, ah, oh, man, why does he have to go first? He's trying to be nice to everybody. He's not like, except for the fisherman jerk who he flips the bird to, but every other dude of that. But like, we all want to give him the bird. Yeah. All you the know? other locals are, he's like, just like, hey, man, I'm just a clown. Yeah. I would definitely rather see Finner go first. Yeah. That dude's kind of a boner. Yeah. I put some, before I knew he worked on MST3K, I put. I put something to the... Oh, yeah. Insecure bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's got that kind of vibe. Hey, man, you can't swim. <laughs> yeah. Like, then that's your you parents' read? fault, I think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Some people can't. It's weird. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and then this is when... Uh, the fact that Rodney earlier went and picked up those M16 bullets comes into play. Because then... Peter finds M16 bullets in the boat, and he immediately assumes that it's the guy that sits around and polishes his, his wooden gun all the time, which we haven't found out is a wooden gun yet. The cop and him go over to the house. He grabs the gun, the M16 that he's holding, and he shaves off a big chunk on the top to show Peter that it's actually made out of wood, so there's no way that he could have used it. As like, a here's gun. your gun. Because there's blood all over the boat. He's like, yeah. my, my friend's gone. I think he actually blood says everyone. my there's friend's bullets dead. Here and he was talking earlier about guns. Maybe he's one of those dudes at like craft fairs that makes like really hyper-realistic rubber band guns. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. Then he just fucked Not that as thing impossibly. Up. So then the next scene is the 
jerk dad trying to put his boat in the water, even though his wife is missing. Or does his does he just think his wife went to the sister? No, that's they went right. to the sister's house. That's, or that's right. what she said anyway. So he just assumes she caught a ride or whatever. Yeah. And he almost takes out Durst with the motor, yeah, yeah. the blade on his fucking boat, <clears throat> and he's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Stuff it, Mister Green Jeans," <laughs> is what he says to Durst. Like, it's like, dude, you almost like killed me. He fucking sucks. I even put he sucks balls, but instead of writing balls, I drew balls. Oh, nice. So that's <laughs> what your balls used to look like. Hogan, there. can you look at this drawing and see if this is what your balls looked like before that's today? Yeah, here. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yep. <laughs> So here's our Jaws scene where, for some reason, movies just felt like they had to have a Jaws scene yes. where it's like, there's 30,000 people coming up here for musky madness. Yeah. Like, we can't cancel it. It's going to get, you know, like, it would ruin our town. <laughs> and there's no, no one's dead. They're just, like, out <laughs> doing stuff. Like, he just refuses to do it. And it's like, well, I guess the show must go on. We Musky madness must continue. Um, and then... There's some whole thing where Peter keeps yelling, "You, th- you filling out forms? You gonna keep filling out forms all day, there, buddy? That's and, oh, look out! Here he comes! He's gonna go fill out some forms. Like he just thinks it's like the biggest insult you could possibly say to anybody is that you're filling out some forms. Your impression of him actually sounded a lot like the actor's voice to me just now. He's filling you- out the forms. Um, Cause I thought he had almost like like he has almost like a Nick Cage thing, but not quite. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Right, you were kind of like he goes that. bonkers quick. Yeah, he, he escalates quickly. <gasps> oh, he cages out. Yeah, gets caged. Cage. Oh, shit, he's cage. <laughs> and so the next uh, scene that I have written down is that so Rodney is Kirsten's boyfriend, kinda. Like I think they're supposed to be sort of. You never see him being really yeah. intimate, but like. The way it checks out is like there's that time they're having dinner and Finner gets up. He's like, oh, I guess I'm just he says something that makes you think he thinks he's a third wheel and storms off, which it's like, whatever, you know, just, have to just go fuck Bev D. Then. Yeah, I, yeah. Get the, I started getting the impression, especially at the end, like that. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe there's a little bit more going on there. And there was like a side story they cut out about the three of them fucking right. Like maybe. Yeah. The, the, at the end, like, wait, what's going on? Why is this here suddenly? Yeah. Like it's maybe very, he was with Kirsten or Anne at some point or yeah. something. And now it's he's changed. like, look, all right, we'll go on vacation together. <laughs> and at the end of the summer, I'll make my decision. <laughs> They're still going to hang out. I like that voice. It's a good idea for us to hang out more. <laughs> um, Bev D and Finner do some sit-ups. Oh, yeah. And have sex. <gasps> oh, yeah. <gasps> and then they set up some, like, we're, we'll get together later at midnight kind of rendezvous. Um, I don't know where the kid is during the sex. Nobody does. But at that age. Presumably in a cage in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It fell where into a hole like baby Jessica. Belongs. <laughs> um, we get Durst tells the shooting story again, but with a little bit of a spin and different detail. And then... Uh, Finner shows back up to meet up with Bev D, and she's cuddling with crazy ammunition guy on the couch, which we do later find out is her ex, which I don't think they established before this scene. You so, know, he's like young Dan Dan Haggerty. Yes, <laughs> he's Man Haggerty. The prequel. There is a connection to, uh, to Dan Haggerty yeah. in this movie that oh, I found. Tell us that um, Rodney. Or Patrick Dans was also a set designer on the film Grizzly Mountain with Dan Haggerty. Mm. Fascinating. He, his, the majority of Rodney's 
stuff was he was a set designer on like four or five things. So he's probably like, hey, uh, we know you're really good at design sets. Um, a lot of these locations already exist because we're just shooting it in this town. You can just play Rodney. Yeah, you're just <laughs> Oh, <Rodney>. okay. <laughs> Go polish the musky. <laughs> Uh, just I, I'm trying to kind of rattle through it so we get caught up, but we uh, Bev D's cuddling with the army dude, asshole dad is he's he's stuck out on the lake and he's just like blaring a foghorn and slowly getting more and more angry, throwing empty beer cans in the water. Um, his motor won't start. He's just like flooding the shit out of the engine. Uh, he has no idea what he should be doing. That's when he goes, ah, oh, the ten thousand dollar weekend, uh, which I would say was poorly spent. This is the part I meant to record it where he it's when I said somebody was speaking gibberish earlier. This is the part that I was I was thinking of because the dad's like it's almost like they overdubbed the audio and they're like, hi, it looks like you said, you know, uh, <laughs> fuck this. So fuck this noise. And he's like, yeah, right. And we have a cut scene here where it cuts over to like Finner is on. He's mad because he just saw Bev D cuddling with homeboy. And he's got his it's fishing. Like you're only going to be here for a weekend, dude. It's not like you're even going to be in a long-term relationship yeah. with Dev D. And he has his fishing pole, which also, of course, has a ridiculous treble hook on it. Because that's, I, I guess, what everyone's using. Fishing. And he just yells out at the, the dad that's stuck on the lake. He goes, shut up, old man, or I'll do it myself. <laughs> or something. Which I think is supposed to throw that kind of, like, is Finner the killer? Oh, yeah. You it's, know, which it doesn't work at all. There's a lot of uh, red herrings, yeah, pun they, intended, oh, uh, in in this movie. They try to do that yeah. a lot. It's all over the place. Hey, Nate, are those your uh, new shoes? So I don't wear uh, these very often. I couldn't find my other ones. And then as soon as I got these laced up, I found my regular shoes. <laughs> these are kind of, these have been like my casual, occasional indoor shoe. Because uh, last episode you mentioned needing to get a thicker-soled shoe for your forty-year-old feet. So It'd be I hilarious if this is what I found. <laughs> <laughs> they just, just happened to be TDK one twenty <laughs> high tops. Well, you talked about last episode, and I was like, "Those are some fresh new kicks right here." Yeah, so I've, I've had these a while. They're also like pretty. I, I don't know a ton about. I'm not a sneakerhead or anything, but they're poorly constructed. I can tell just by. When so, I got them, so how they, not how they smelled. Feet. So you have to be like choosy when you wear them. Yeah, like I'm only going to wear, I wore them here. So I took, you know, what's it, 12 steps to my van. Yep. Yeah. I drove over here, maybe 18 to 20, 30 to get in the basement. And then I'll sit here and then we'll go upstairs and then I'll take them off right when I get home. So they're, they're more of a house <laughs> shoe is what you're saying. Yeah. They're okay. clean, man. <laughs> you don't want to get these bad boys dirty. There's orange and pink on there and purple. I, uh... I understand Hogan had something happen to him today. Did I? Oh, I did. You did. I had a vasectomy this morning. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. That's why you're looking a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't feel great. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's mostly funny because last episode when I was telling my vasectomy story, you were very vocal about not wanting to get a vasectomy and how you weren't going to get one. Yeah. And now how the tables have turned. Yeah. You got it this morning. Yep. Did the tables turn for a reason, or it did you was, just decide? I'll tell you what. He wants to start busting everywhere with no recording. <laughs> Dude, do you know how many times you have to bust before you fucking go back? I do. I had I had done. Oh, yeah, 30, you're already so. there. You yeah. crossed the finish line. Fuck, I still have 
way more busting ahead well, of me. Don't you even try <laughs> busting for a couple of weeks, bro. Yeah, yeah. which is funny, because they're like, oh, you can do it whenever you want to. And I was thinking today, like, fuck that. That's not true. They told me not to do it for at least, they gave me a paragraph. I think it said seven to 14 Hogan's days. Hogan's doctor likes coming more. Yeah. He had the same doctor as me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we had the same doctor. Oh, he changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the paperwork says like. Something. I started off really awkward. I said I'd like to shake the hand of the man that touched Greg's penis. <laughs> <laughs> really? Was he like, who is this man? <laughs> High five. Um, and then he removed a glove, <laughs> and he said, "I haven't taken this glove off since, since I touched his balls. I only take it off to sniff it." Yeah, something like that. It's really weird. It Smile was, uh, you know, it was, it was the the procedure itself was completely fine. Now I just feel like I have a really bad stomach cramp. Oh, like it's up here. It's like, oh, right here. Like that after feeling, like yeah. after you get kicked in the balls. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And it just doesn't, it hasn't gone away Freddie all day. kicked me in the balls the other day accidentally. Yeah. Oh. But the procedure well, itself, accidentally. totally good. Well, uh, the ottoman is here for your feet up, Hogan. Uh, I'll keep oh, I can scoot it for you. Hold I'll, on. No, I'll keep him down. No, no. It's more comfortable this way. You balls on there. I'll just, there, just as an option, maybe. I also bought two bags of ice peas. Would you like a bag? No. You let me know at any point, and I'll get it for you. Yeah, I've had peas on my balls all day. Well, you're supposed to do all day. You're supposed to only. Well, I know. Have twenty minutes of time. Okay. I know. You went on off, and off all day. He just severely damaged testicles. Been rotating. <laughs> I put them in a cooler, shut the lid, left them there for a couple hours. Apparently, That's Stella like sent her theater group a message that was like, "Hey, I'm not going to be able to like video chat or go to rehearsal today." Because my dad's going to ice his balls, and I said I'd hang out with him. <laughs> and she used that. That's, good That's exactly what she said. Yeah. Solid. Well, welcome to the club, dude. Yep. Yeah, Emily's been kind of pushing for it a little, but I essentially said we need to start having sex more often for me to consider it. <laughs> you really did? That's a yeah. power move. Yeah. It's, but she feels the same way. I mean, it's just... Sure, oh, okay, thanks. Kids make it really difficult. I would say kids make it really hard, but in this conversation, Bum-bum. that doesn't sound yeah. very good. <laughs> Which reminds that, me really. that this movie itself has Blood so it? many fucking double entendres, and, like, it's it's insane. And tr- lots of fish puns. And yes. Fish-related. Puns, double entendres, it's full of them. You're getting so, kind of in murky water with that one. Yeah. <laughs> You got Bev D. She's going out after her possible s- double sex session for the day. Um, she loves exercise. And she goes out to sex exercise some more, I guess. Yeah, sexercise. Foghorning and sexercising. Um, and she gets the treble hook and uh, takes an oar to the face. Is the Damn. last thing that happens to her that we see. R.I.P. Bev D. Then we cut to the third and final... Um, fisherman way scene where they're the jerk dude shows up and they put the put the fish on the hook and say hey this this couldn't be 60 pounds and the guy says there's something in it they cut it open revealing a lead pipe um, which is what was adding the weight and he starts saying oh if that was in there someone else put that in there i wouldn't have done that <laughs> yeah. you guys know i'm you know he's just right, like somebody completely... else put the files in there oh so yeah. the pipe the pipe, the pipe. <laughs> Just a bunch of manila envelopes <laughs> yeah. and folders inside yeah. of them. Who put all these files in here? <laughs> the cop says something about, he's like, this something seems very fishy around here. <laughs> um, so now the kids, both the 
parents are dead, which is the best thing that's ever happened to those kids. Mm-hmm. Those parents weren't going to do anything for them. That donkey lips looking son of a bitch. They were definitely, those. you know those kids were staying up late at night like, man, when are they just going to get divorced? Right? <laughs> like, our life would be so much easier. The kid's like, at least I have this magnet that the nice man at the bait shop gave me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Old Lumpy has <laughs> prized possessions. His rosebud, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. And then, uh, let's see what is next here. This is where we see the boombox actually setting the metal plate off. It's right around here. Ooh. Um, and this is where it's we... because... This is the first time they show us who the killer is. Yeah. And it's, like, it's Leroy Crazy Ralph right. from the bait shop. He has a metal plate in his head from... Some war, not because Finner, the Korean War. Finner is drunk on his boat, and he's like mouth singing some like reggae music or something. Yeah, and then he's he realizes I'm sure that it sounds like shit, and he switches over to the boombox, and for whatever reason he's docked at Leroy's place. Yeah, he's like right there. Hogan's got ice's balls. Let's take a break. Okay. Hey, it's Hogan from the Fright Zone, and I'm in a big fucking hole. While I'm down here, I figured I'd just say, thanks for listening. Yeah, like and subscribe, and if you're on social media, hit us up, at Fright Zone Podcast on Instagram, or drop us a line via email on our website, thefrightzone.com. You know what's cool? The fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen to the Fright Zone Podcast. Please take time to rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. You know what else would be cool? What? I can't hear you! Well, it would be cool if you could check out our new Patreon page, which you can find the link for on our website. Anything helps us to get Hogan out of this godforsaken hole, whether it be a rope, a ladder, or some kind of chain. And hurry! The defecation bucket is reaching maximum load capacity! Oh, God. And now, back to the program. Why are you guys making those noises? Help! And we're back. And uh, what? So you were just looking at my Eddie Munster doll. What, what was your question, Nate? <laughs> I said, um, has anyone seen that new trailer for Rob Zombie's Oof. The Munsters? Oof! So calling back, we we talked about how that was coming some episodes ago, yeah. right? We were and, having a good time, in like, general, Sherry we Moon were... Zombie as Lily. This time, Lily's a slut. You know, like, um, uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but that's like, right? That was in an old episode. So the trailer's yeah. here, and I will say, I was trying to keep an open mind because I do know Rob Zombie genuinely loves the monsters. That's why that song, you wouldn't Dragula, think exists. so. Well, I know, but see, so like, I was like, you know what? Maybe it'll actually be good. Like, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens. That trailer is so bad. It's awful. And did you see a sign come to theaters? It's going straight to Netflix. Oh, it really? looks like a direct-to-video yeah. shot-on-video yeah. film. It looks bad. I uh, shouldn't even put the word film in there. The only sense. thing I'm even semi-remotely interested in Daniel Roebuck is, is seeing what Danny Roebuck does. Uh, who our listeners would remember from Terrorize. Uh, was he also in River's Edge? Was that their movie? Yeah, yeah. he was in River's Edge. He's been in a ton of shit. He was in, uh, what was that... Uh, movie he did with Jordy Sace dudes John Cryer they yeah, did the dudes, teaser yeah. thing first where it's like it's in black and white and they're coming out and stuff and I was like okay it's a teaser whatever and they put that full trailer out I couldn't believe how bad it was yeah it, it seems like a joke it like it, the trailer seems like a sketch 
from another show yeah, as yeah. Rob Zombie's or Monsters. Or like a, a trailer for it, a porn parody. Yeah, it's right. so rough. Yeah, That's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I saw someone else break it down a little more where they were talking about stuff where it's like how awful the sound design was. And it's like, is that oh, yeah. what it's going to be like in the final cut? Or did Rob Zombie just throw this thing together real quick to get something out? No matter what, you couldn't do anything to polish that turd. It's, it's like the lighting looks like shit. The fucking... I mean, you couldn't even... Even if you had Richard Dreyfus, you couldn't save that movie. Richard Dreyfus as Grandpa Munster. Yeah, I'm I saying, mean, like, that would acting. be awesome. Hogan's, Hogan's the guy's I'm first erection all about it right now. now. My fucking dick works again. Yeah. <laughs> just saying, three great actors in that movie couldn't save it. Like, it's just the way it's filmed makes it bad. I mean, I what also just feel like that's bad. terrible subject material. Like, you can't take... I'm trying to think of where that has worked, where anybody has taken a show. The Adams Family. Okay. <laughs> Those movies are fun. Yeah. I enjoyed the Flintstones movie a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? It's got Rick Moranis in it. So I just like I mean, seeing yeah. him. Also, is it Kyle MacLachlan, the like douchebag boss yeah. of Fred Flintstone? That? Yeah. yeah. And there's like so many ridiculous... like. I always imagine Rosie McDonald. Are there lots of rock puns? Yeah, they just—it's full of rock Rock puns. It's like, yeah, I love my McDonald's Flintstones movie tying glass, dude. And there's the McDonald's in the movie. Rock Donald. They're putting up the sign that says like 19 dozen burgers sold Mm -hmm. (laughs) or whatever. Like it's that long ago. (laughs) I just love the little shit like that where it's like, oh, it's so long ago. Look at this. It's like we have record players, but it's like it's a bird that you put. I just still want to put in perspective that. It's common knowledge most people think the Flintstones movie is a piece of shit. And to to illustrate to our listeners how bad the Monsters trailer is, you're the, telling them how good the Flintstones yes, movie is. Right? Yeah. It, it made me realize <laughs> so it's like, how good that that actually is. Yeah. Oh, wow. So where we left off oh, when yeah, Blood Hey, we're talking yeah, about a movie. You get back the Blood Hook. So are, I was halfway... Are we going to go through the rest of like every scene? Or are you, you on no, no. P- I'm, I'm going to flutter. Let's get moving. We got to get this interview going for people. This here, I want to talk about just because it is, it ties in. It's my favorite kill. Oh, my favorite part of the movie. So I'm just going to start it over because I I had begun this and then we got whatever we were doing there. So yeah, um, Finner comes up on his boat. He, this is after he like saw Bev D screwing around with possibly her, uh, ex-husband. We're not even sure. Yeah. yeah. Q now. And so he gets drunk, takes the boombox out on the boat. I don't know how the boombox is making all these journeys based on, like, I think if you sat down, it wouldn't make any sense how she could have had it on the dock earlier. Boomboxes were like iPods back then, everybody. But it's the same one. That's the whole time. I looked. It's the same boombox. Maybe there's a sale on them. Yeah, they got six for for one. That guy couldn't make change for a hundred, so they each just took one. Yeah, you each just take one of those. I got a whole pallet of them in there. So for whatever reason, Finner's docked at. Ludke's bait shop and he starts humming and mumbling along to some sort of like reggae song he's doing in his head when he realizes how bad it I'm is. I'm gonna make a you sweat. Uh, sweat though you can't sweat no more. Blood of mercy. You gotta push up, push up. <laughs> and he instead hits play on the tape deck which of course plays that same uh, Black Widow song we'll say. <laughs> Say you want a treble hook. And this is where we see Ludke come stumbling out of his shack, grabbing his head, 
scree- <laughs> like screaming. He casts out. He takes off uh, Finner's ear, which is a really cool shot. Oh, that's great. Where they just. Because he like, grabs, he's like, bah! Yeah, and then it shows the side <laughs> of his head and it's all gored up. Have we have we For described reason, to the listeners yet what this fucking lure looks like too? If they haven't seen it, it's about when he's getting all long. these people. Yeah, like it's like as big as a baby's arm or bigger. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say the lure is about as big as Artie, the resident fright zone dog. It's, it's a big fucking lure. It would hurt if it didn't have hooks in it. If it hit you, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It's like one of those little baseball bats, but bigger. So anyway, he gets yanked. He oh no no. He gets his ear yanked off, and then he, for whatever reason, just bails into the water, but then hangs onto the boat. Oh, it's because he it's forgot. Like, He's like, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. I forgot I can't That's swim. That's right, he can't swim. Oh. That whole scene, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Me kick, too. Kick Thanks, Hoganomics. <laughs> Man, pre... Ladies and gentlemen, Hoganomics. <laughs> Foreshadowing by Hoganomics. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's Can like a real like whim. He's always first time seeing it too. It's my whole yeah. like such a putz. <laughs> and then Ludke spins ah. the boat around and then swings a kind of fish hook down and like not a little fish hook, but like a big. I, I would say it's like a shark pulling Nato. up. Type it's like hook. the hook from Mutilator. Yes, it's like the hook from Mutilator. Going on a. And then it oh, cuts man. to the scene where we see like the best effects in the whole movie, in my opinion. Mm. Um. It's where he's, he's threading a yellow rope like up oh, under yeah. the chin and out of the mouth. And when Back he's yanking the on it, X-rating. you can see the teeth and shit. Oh, it, it did? X-rating, and they had to tone it down a bit for what we saw in the movie. The NPA wow. was like, no fucking way. You think they just like showed it more? <laughs> I guess. It's I mean, weird what because it's awesome. Gnarly. I was almost convinced up till that point that it wasn't like a prosthetic head at all, that it was the actor... Um, but then, like, then you can start to tell because it starts, like, you know, moving. When he pulls a the bit rope, and, and you see the teeth do a thing. Yeah, but it's not like the teeth wouldn't do that if you're getting a rope yanked through your mouth. Who right. knows? Maybe a good time to do a shout out for the uh, effects guy. I made a note. Um, he didn't really do much of anything else uh, on the vinegar syndrome disc. There's a special feature with him. Um, his name is Jim Southers. Oh, what up, Southers? <laughs> Yo, what up, Jimmy? Jim Dog? Jimbo, uh, sick stuff, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, brother. Thanks for that. He worked on a couple of Bill Rabane movies. The guy who did Monster a Go Go. Um, he worked on Alpha Instant and Capture of Bigfoot. I know you're a Bigfoot. Yeah, guy. that's a good one too. Um, this guy did effects on basically, yeah, three of the movies, and that's it. And I think he maybe still is Wisconsin or something. But huh. so there you go. Shout out. Thanks for those cool cadavers, Jim. Yeah, because then we see that he actually has them roped and hanging out under his dock. dock. And very when cool. he pulls them out, this whole scene is very like EC Comics too. Yeah, absolutely. Like it looks like something like the way the they the, look the like EC Comics drawings. And shit. And yeah, shit. like it's if awesome. you imagine it black and white. Yeah, it's just it's super cool, super kind of tales from the crypt horror-y, The way that he's pulling them in. I'll say the copy of this movie on VHS that I rented back in junior high. That was the draw. It wasn't the Paramount tape that you have here that you brought over. Yeah. Um. It's. It was a trauma release. I had like trauma, uh, to- not traumas. Toxie's face in the corner, and it had that cartoon drawing. Oh, it's the- like trauma select or some yeah. shit. And yeah. then the very bottom were the cadavers floating. Okay, like, it was that photo. It was cool. Nice. But uh, we get a pretty good sort of like um, what I'd call like a blood feasty gore scene too inside of Luki's mm. bait shop where he's you know he's got thinner on the ground and he chop chop. Pulls a h- arm up onto 
the the chopping block, mm. and then he cuts the fingers off, Ooh. and then he goes over to this meat grinder and he crams meat the fingers grinder. into the meat grinder where somehow these bony fingers make like a really beautiful ground mm. beef. Yeah. That's bright red out of I the end. Hungry. And then he's keeping that in chum buckets in the mm, fridge, yeah. which he's feeding to his minnows. Minnows eat humans. That's how it makes good bait, dude. Mm. That's how you get a good muskie. <laughs> That's how you get that 70 pounder. <laughs> yeah, Fucking <dude>. fingers. <laughs> you need some fingers out there. So yeah, it shows how he kind of disposes of the bodies a little bit. He's keeping them under his dock for later feeding purposes. Mm. Um, all of a sudden, Kirsten shows up in Finner's boat. <laughs> with his ear just like on board <laughs> so somehow she got on the boat another blood covered right. boat um we got the uh explanation of the diabolos musica c- c- and then cicadas music how it the devil's it- the devil's tritone yeah making it like the devil's tritone brother you get the free, free it's like the brown note we all know about the brown note right yeah it's <laughs> like that but it makes you crazy yeah it's like that but it makes you just fucking Build giant fishing lures that capture humans and chum them up yeah. to your minnows. This ain't no Japanese monster movie. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like the kid, the parentless children show up and they're just like, the cop said you guys might know something about what's going on. <laughs> okay. It's pretty strange. Um Hey, go get those city slickers. They know what's going on out here. Peter and Ann go to Leroy's. They find like the loon whistle floating in the bucket. They they start to kind of put it together. Um, they see the buckets of gore in the fridge and gets a treble hook to the hand. No, but she manages to get out of it because she's meditating at night right by the water. Listening, listening to, to the that song that uh, song again. her boyfriend was listening to when her grandpa got got. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she gets taken, uh, which is weird because like he I'll just kills you. everybody else. So it's kind of weird that he just takes her. Instead of like just killing her out outright, like go do some does late night else. yoga. But that's usually <laughs> when people slip up is when they do something out of character. It's also how you get into a car accident. It's when you take a different route than normal, you do something a little different. You know what I'm saying? Is that true? Yes. Durst finally <laughs> believes the cool. evidence that it could be Ludke. He's been the whole time. He's been like, "No, nah, Ludke's my friend. He would never do anything like that." And he finally sees that Leroy's a great guy. He would never do such a thing. So he doesn't have a metal plate. In and his that's head. when the redneck Cunon guy's like. It's true. We were there investigating the place. I found my girl's ring. It's Bethany's ring, man. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're back at Ludke's place. He's got Anne tied up. He's obviously getting ready to cut her up and kill her. This is great, though, because we get more of Anne doing her psychologist shit. Yeah, I was going to say. She's, like, trying to talk him down. Like, you don't really want to kill me. It's You were just doing it. was an accident. You didn't mean to. I mean, it's it's okay. Leroy. Leroy. Can I call you Leroy? (laughs) This scene's great. I love this scene. Which is actually, I listen to a lot of true crime, and there are people that have survived, like, real encounters this way, where it's like. You befriend them. You just kind of feed into their delusion. Not enough that it makes them upset, but it makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, they let and their guard you, down. Yeah. yeah. And you use that to, like, fucking rip their dick off. Rip the dick <laughs> off! Right off their fucking... Can we not talk about dick ripping, Sorry, please? rip their balls off. <laughs> no. Wait. So, hold Jesus. on. Did... <laughs> so wait. brutal. You know, I didn't, really, I didn't really roast you enough earlier. Stealing around. I want to point out that our last episode, you were like, 
Oh, I'm not getting a vasectomy. That sounds awful. I'm not doing that. And then yeah, fucking Taylor because you were like, oh, you'll feel fine after four days. I was like, four days? That sounds terrible. And by like, now this episode, like the next episode starts, you're like, I got a vasectomy today. Yeah. And you know what? I was fucking right. I shouldn't have done it. It's awful. <laughs> I'm regretting every second. It's not that yeah. fucking bad. No, the procedure was fine. It's just right now, like, it's just, just walking, it's like walking around and it feels like you've been kicked in the fucking balls. Yeah, ice me. I keep taking like, you, did you buy like the Advil and shit yeah. that they told you to buy? Yeah, I'm doing all the things. Okay. I am. Take keep keep on those. Doesn't mean I have to be excited about it. But I'm telling you, <laughs> if you get behind any, like, it sounds like your experience was so good, you would do it again. I mean, I hope I I'm shooting blanks now, so I'm not fucking doing it again. Um, and this is the part where he goes back to the dock and he goes up to Durst and he's like, "Are you gonna teach me how to cast? I need to know how to cast. I don't know if you're ready." And he, uh, it's a very, he says, it's a very intense bonding moment, and he's like, and he's, "Oh, he's you called, can't, you can't beat Luke at his own game. That's his game." You know what? It, I thought at this moment, I literally thought that how he was going to beat him was by catching a bigger fish. <laughs> that <would've laughs> I been seriously was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, he's going to drive this dude crazy by catching a forty-five pound fish. Right, <laughs> it's going to drive him. Out of his fucking mind. My favorite part here is when he calls him Van Cleese, and he's like, "Not yet. Yeah. I haven't Don't earned that name yet." Don't call me that yet. It's like, but isn't that your last name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then this is what he says to him. Durst says, "You want things to be perfect, don't you? You want the perfect revenge on the man. You want to take him like he took the rest. Yeah. You want to take him." With a treble hook at night. <laughs> and he's just like, kind of like, yes, sir, or whatever. And then he, uh, it, this could have been a great montage scene of him just prepping. Oh, dude, casting. And like, as a viewer, you can't tell if one cast is better than the other, right? Like, it's just their casting. So it would have been the most pointless thing, but fun. Like, maybe he finds Finner's pole and like they use that somehow. It's funny because the two casts that they do show. The one that he does on his own. And then he like shows him how to do one and he kind of gives him a nod of approval. And it's like, those two both look like shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know a lot about fishing Hogan? No. Okay. He's no once. Mr. Miyagi of the lakes of the north, that's yeah. for sure. Well, then I do like. So <laughs> we're going to go catch some bluegills with chopsticks. Then the showdown, basically, when he like takes the boat over to, you know, Leroy's bait shop. And he just puts on the, the song, and then Leroy comes all pissed, and they're just both casting each other, the hooks into each other. Chest to chest. Fucking incredible. Yeah. It's like, I wish that shit went on longer, because it's so ridiculous and awesome. Yeah. But then it's like, it doesn't happen that long, and then they like go in there and, and blast the tunes, and he gets, you know, yeah. he gets our girl like Lisa the montage, out of the fridge. And then the final kind of battle like, thing. And, and then, then they yeah. just kind of leave, and you're like, and then the, it's like the next day, and it's like, ah, he's out there somewhere. Like, what? And the last that's like literally the ending. You're like, the last we see of the teenagers is like the muskies in the background. They're all loaded up, the people that are still alive, and they leave. We don't even really get like a goodbye from them. No, it's weird. The ending's strange. I would go as far as say the ending is the worst part of the movie. Yeah, which the, I guess the final that... fight should have been better. Hey, Olivia <laughs> Newton-John died. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Clue. R.I.P. Clue. It's perfectly normal for parakeets to explode. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's get down to these nitty gritties. Favorite line of the movie: "Turn off that damn headache machine." Good one. I just read mine. It's that whole. You want to take him by treble hook at night thing. My favorite line is when uh, Anne's reasoning with the killer, and she says, "Why not ask yourself if you're really in touch with your feelings about this? <laughs> I mean, your real feelings about killing me. Do you really feel you have to kill me?" Or is it just some sort of a smokescreen for a bigger emotional problem? Yeah. Incredible. Um, also, Hardy, don't disagree with that favorite line. He had uh, a different one. The other line, that if I had to run it up, was just, thanks, Bev D. Because <laughs> I love it. I like, just pretend like I'm a normal guy in a costume, <laughs> like a clown. <laughs> uh, favorite kill. I feel like I'm going to say Finner because I attach the rope threading mm-hmm. to his kill. Even though his kill, you don't right. see the hook on screen. The ear's great. So the ear's good. Would have liked to see that hook enter. But then the <laughs> I'll attach the rope through the throat. Like that was just, it's genuinely disturbing. I think if you showed someone that, like separately, that's that clip. Yeah. They'd think it was some hardcore gore flick. Oh yeah, you know they wouldn't know that there was all this other kind of these other elements that changed the tone. I'll go with the uh, on the boat sunbathing one, mainly because I feel like it's the best one out of all of them. When they're when he's actually luring somebody yeah. into the water, Rodney, you mean? Yeah, because yeah. all the other That's ones you're like. Oh, and then they jumped into the water. Yeah. yeah. You know? He looks like he gets yanked. Yeah. yeah. You see, like, ripping his stomach and mm-hmm. stuff a little bit. And, and it looks blood. like he's being pulled, whereas everybody else just yeah. fucking dives in. I was going to say that was my, my favorite, too. That or the mom spinning around the dock. Yeah. Like, I think it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, then I guess the big question. Out of one to five frights, how many frights do you give it? We'll start with you, Hogan, because it's your first time even watching it was today. Um, I'm going to go... Pretty, I'm gonna go pretty middle of the road with three. I think three's good though. And a lot of times for me, because I do typically watch these with like Stella or Bickley. Um, and this one I had a lot of fun watching with Stella. Like we had a really good time with it. So And that's and that's with a mangled, disfigured male package yeah. on you too. Yeah, that was so that's that's high praise. In complete scrotal meltdown mode. So who knows? If you would have had to scroll meltdown, this it could have been, been a higher frights. Yeah. yeah. I have one to five frights. How many frights do you give it, Nate? So the first time I watched it, I would have given it a hard three, I think. <clears throat> but a rock hard, just normal cock <laughs> kind of three. Just a normal cock. <laughs> I would say. Not a disfigured cock mangled. at all. No Belal scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Some living after midnight ball bag. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'd say two five, because it's great. Two and a half. Yeah, two five. I I would. De- I'm definitely gonna watch it again. Uh, I'm planning on getting Emily to watch it in October, so I'll watch it again soon. Even. Why did you lose half a fright from where your initial viewing placed you? It was just seeing some of the like, like the end. Talking about the end. It's weak. That made me think about putters like, out. You know, I was. Uh, I would have watched more. To be honest, like it's like, a long movie. Yeah, it's it's not short. Uh, it's it's like an hour forty five or something. 
maybe fifty. Yeah, I mean the director the director's yeah. cut is at least the Blu-ray. I don't know if the VHS is this long. The Blu-ray, yeah, it's almost is two. a is almost two hours. It's one hundred and eleven minutes. It's nine minutes shy of two hours. I was I was ready, eighty five minutes on the tape. Wow, I wonder what that cut's like. I don't know. Did I watched, you watch on the disc? I watched the Blu-ray this it's time very just long. because I was watching it on my downstairs TV yeah. and the framing is weird. When I watched, I still watch tons of tapes. Yeah, down there, but I just wanted to see like In all the, media the picture. So you gave it two and a half because the ending. Yeah, that's pretty much the main reason. Other, I, I don't know, now I'm thinking about the, the the gore. I like the I like that rope through the mouth shit, but that, that can't carry the whole film. It gets progressively better as it goes along. Yeah, so that's for sure. I was gonna say I give it three, and I would have given it three and a half to four if it had a stronger ending and if it was shorter. I think the runtime actually hurts the film because I. Something I like about horror movies, usually the best horror movies I feel like hit about 90 minutes. So are we saying that the Blu-ray is 35 minutes longer yeah. than the VHS? Whoa, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, that's why I can kind of understand. <laughs> I kind of understand where you're like, you know, I could have watched it longer. I felt the exact same way until like what, what you said, too, is the ending. Like, it just it putters it really out. Really lost so much steam. It doesn't I could have, feel like, like it's two hours. Going. It's moving great. It's just so silly and ridiculous. I could have continued watching people get knocked off. Yeah, you know, it's it's for how as long as it is, and the fact that it's keeping you with it. Suddenly, when you get to the ending, it's just like it's not very climactic. He's like, I'm trained to go get him, and it's like, lure, lure, ah, yeah. I was gonna say, get out of the fridge. Yeah, we're gonna run away now. And then they drive down the highway, and they go, he's still out there. What? Yeah. Like, where's the fucking ending? The way Peter is in the movie, Peter would have been like, I'm going out to find him. This isn't over yet. Yeah, it's right. like, neither of us won. I got my girl back. I'm going out there. Just me, my keyboard, my fishing pole. Oh, see, then something like that even. You know what? Like, it would have been better out. without the fishing pole and just the keyboard. Well, yeah, he's yeah, gonna drive like him even. crazy, make his yeah, head explode. Like, or something. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, he could have been all like, Leroy, and <laughs> 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 his brain explodes or something cool. You have to reset up your swamp thing, guys. <laughs> really? He knocked a couple over. Fuck. <laughs> it's all right. You're swamp good. thing. You were going for it. You make my swamp sing. Man, it's like that cartoon show. <laughs> you make everything slimy. <laughs> I think there's only like six episodes, and I aired three of them. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I thought that the ending just, it, it's a bummer. Uh, they did originally script, there's supposed to be a final fight in the mouth of the giant muskie. Oh, man. That would have been cool. Fuck yeah, it would have been Like sweet. Leroy could have like, fallen out of it or gotten yeah. it yeah. Cool. impaled on the teeth. Have him, or yes. have him fall out and dangling from a hook out of the fish's mouth would have been cool, too. Yeah. Yes. So much that could have happened. So, um, but yeah, so I, I landed on three saying I thought it could have been more, but because I guess, yeah, no. Three, was the, was three, the thing, like, how do they get to the muskie? Maybe they didn't want to do all that. I assume they ran out of money or time, or the city was like, you can't fucking climb in our prized possession, the right. giant ceramic muskie right. or whatever. Three frights! Blood Hook was originally released on VHS in 1986 under Spider Lake Films Limited Partnership. Spider Lake. Um, in conjunction with Prism Entertainment and Paramount. There was a brief while there where Prism was releasing stuff in conjunction with Paramount. Uh, Demon Wind, that like really awesome lenticular cover, Demon Wind, was one of the Paramount 
Prism releases, the mm-hmm. two-cover Willys slipcase. So the Willys had one slipcase, and then there was another one that went over the top of that. <clears throat> that was a Paramount um, Prism release. I have that Demon Wind one. Yeah, that's a good one. And apparently this version is 35 minutes shorter. It does have Troma Incorporated, as we talked about earlier, as being, um, I don't know if they like, what they really had to do with it, uh, maybe they helped with post-production or something. Some monies. Well, well wouldn't Paramount and Prism do that? producer on it, so, but as far as, other than that, I don't know. I'm guessing, what I'm guessing happened is, they made the movie, Troma bought it, and then Troma helped it get onto these labels. Right. So, it's really just like a, like, L- Lloyd knows how to sell a movie. Yeah. To Paramount. And then does someone else want to talk about this release? I haven't watched any of the extras or anything. So. I haven't either. Is this what you have, too? Mm-hmm. So then later, there was a Blu-ray release. I don't know. Is there a DVD release of this? None of us have it. There's a Troma DVD. Okay. Yeah, there's Troma DVD. There's a Troma Blu-ray now as well. And there's the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. Um, this ca- the Vinegar Syndrome one came out in 2018. The Troma video that I rented back there was part of the Troma Video Universe collection. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Pretty cool. We do have a couple new patrons. Oh, yeah. We can give some yeah. shout-outs. We got a stalker, Meredith McConnell, official stalker. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Meredith, you made Hogan laugh and his sack hurts. <laughs> now I'm spilled it. And then we have another new Fried Zonian. We got a Peeper Fried Zonian, Patrick Kelly, aka Pat Out of Hell! He's just a Peeper, peeping at the things on the internet, yeah, baby! <laughs> Hogan and I, when I were chatting on the Discord, and he was online, he's like, hey, would you mind jumping in here and so we can try testing out some of these settings? Because I don't know if I did these permissions right. I want to make sure like people can join here. So he's like, okay. So he's hung out and talked to me and Hogan for a while. Oh, cool. He's a cool guy. Which, oh yeah, that's a new thing now. That, uh, if anyone, well, well, first off, thank you, uh, Meredith, and thank you, Patrick, so much for Thanks, supporting guys. us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank we you. appreciate it. Um, your hard-earned money will help us keep this podcast going. Because, fun fact, we don't really uh, make a lot of money doing this or anything. So, uh, you're helping us pay for, you know, hosting the the podcast, uh, hosting our website, um, making sure, you know, yeah, just the, the, the stuff that goes with it. Uh, but, yeah, um, for anyone else listening, if you haven't checked out yet, we do have a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash thefrightzone. You can also get there via thefrightzone.com. Um, we have a few different tiers you can check out. Um, as tiers go up, there's different physical goods you can get. Uh, but we do have a blog. We put some stuff on here and there. Uh, we also started doing a video segment, uh, Show and Tell. There's currently, well, you know, there'll probably be two of those up there by the time this episode's out. So just a video segment we'll do monthly where we just uh, show physical things we have and nerd out on things. Um, we do have a Discord now, too. You can jump in there, chat with us, um, chat with other Frightzonians. Uh, the Discord's accessible for every tier, starting at the dollar tier. So if you don't want to spend a bunch of money, but just want to be able to hang on chat with us and others, um, you know, anything helps. 
us get Hogan out of that godforsaken hole. <laughs> He's down there. The defecation bucket, it's not it's good. full. And you know, it's really not good to be in the hole when your sack's all fucking mangled. <laughs> oh, man. It's definitely going to get my sack's going to get infected. <laughs> we'll throw, throw some dude wipes down to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get it minty Send dude wipes! Help! <laughs> um... Do you guys have anything to say about anything else before we throw on uh, this interview with Lisa? Uh, you want shirts? MediaCrypt.com. Hell yeah. Dot, fuck yeah. Or not MediaCrypt.com. I don't have that. That's right. Uh, MediaCrypt.bigcartel.com. <laughs> There's also a link for MediaCrypt available on TheFrightZone.com. Check us out on Instagram, at Podcast. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Uh, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a review um, it does help us out. Thanks a lot. If you live in and or around the St. Louis area, Traffic Death will be down there on Saturday, September 17th at the Ready Room with yeah. Black Knife and Black Well. Shout out Thrifty Pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Midwest Metal Punks. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, cheers. Have some lining kugels for Blood Hook. And uh, you get a chance. We probably yeah, didn't check up the line and Google's conversation enough. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just so you guys there. know, in this in the movie, there is a fuck ton of lion kugels. It is everywhere. I mean, it's, it's even like reflecting in windows, dude. Everywhere. It's crazy. I mean, it was enough where I thought maybe old man lining kugel is going to be the killer. <laughs> yeah, he shows up. It was actually me. These damn muskies are getting in the way of making my beer. <laughs> no. So enjoy our first uh, Fright Zone interview. Sally Hogan couldn't be here at the time, but he did make sure to give us a mill envelope. Min- did you just call him Sally Hogan? Min- min- Sally Hogan. <laughs> he said sadly. <laughs> sadly. Hogan. Just kidding. Hogan wasn't at the interview when it happened. Nate and I were here, and Hogan did give us an envelope full of questions that we asked Lisa. Um, oh, you know, we didn't really get into it that much there. Did you have any factors about movies Lisa was in and stuff you want to throw out these listeners before we jump in the interview? I think anything that there is, we talk about in the interview. Oh, that's true. Well, hey, Fryzonians, enjoy this interview. Let's All get right. to it. Are we just starting? Us. Are we just starting? Oh, I hit record just okay, so it's, just make it's sure. going. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, oh, you know, <laughs> we're already talking. Up. <laughs> oh, you know, well, again, we can edit stuff. Um, but yeah, I know you live here. Moved back here from LA about 10 months ago. Cool. Right, huh? And we are also here in Iowa, of course. And we always talk about scary movies. So it's like, we should do Bloodhook. All right. And just do a little interview with Lisa that we'll, you know, cut in. Very nice. Um, so we appreciate you coming and being the first. Who knows we'll ever do any other interviews on this thing even. <laughs> Have you, know? you seen the movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, it, Had you seen Have it? you seen the movie? Yes. <laughs> Had you I've seen it? I've got the Blu-ray here. Okay. And I've got the, the original VHS. So did you get too. the remastered? Blu-ray that yes. they just put out, yeah. so you saw the interview on there. I didn't watch the extras yet. Oh, okay. He's an extras guy. If you watched I, it yet. I love extras, but I did not watch. They called me in in L.A. They called me up and said, hey, would you do a live, like, filmed interview? I just, like, ran my mouth on that, so nice. then afterwards I was petrified. I'm like, can we edit some of that out? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I don't we want to get myself this... in trouble. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, we can keep this pretty chill too <laughs> had you seen blood hook before tim told you about it oh yeah, oh, yeah. oh you had God. yeah i've had that tape for 12 years oh my or gosh something. okay the blu-ray was more of a recent acquisition i went yeah. to a fest out in 
Pennsylvania, they do this thing called VHS Fest, mm. and Vinegar Syndrome had a table, and they had uh, the Blood Hook DB or Blu-rays out for That's like crazy. fifteen bucks. I, had I was no like, I'll double idea. down for fifteen. Oh yeah, there's a whole world of people <laughs> that love this stuff. You know, I had no idea. Um, I thought about before you came. I was like, oh man, I should try to find a Blood Hook poster. I used to have but, one, like the original. Nice. It was framed, and one of my family members had it, but I think we finally, you know, sold it at a garage. No! Bummer. <laughs> so, okay. So then, <laughs> you sold it at a garage stuck. sale. Does that mean the making a blood hook, like, not the most fond memories for you then, or? No, actually, very <laughs> fond memories. Okay. It was just, it was a real, you know, it was the first movie I'd ever done. Mm -hmm. So I was a little actress in Minneapolis um, doing mostly theater. Okay. And there was this feature film being made, you know, it was in the trades because back then we didn't have the internet. So you looked up in the back of the trades every week to see who was auditioning for what. And hardly ever were there, you know, feature films coming through. So I was super excited and the audition process was insane and really kind of a very different experience how long did that take well i just remember i don't remember the uh, the initial inter uh audition but i do remember one audition um they had they had rented out a huge space like a you know huge like studio space and they were all lined up you know the director and producers and whoever else was involved and they called us in one by one and i just remember you know reading sides but also we had to have a swimming suit on, and obviously it comes up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> we were in our swimming suits a lot, and uh, and they had a scream, like a horror oh, film scream, as loud as we could, like a Fay Ray kind of yes, thing. Yeah. yeah, did they gotcha. record it so they could listen to it later? Or was everyone there and they just? Yeah, everyone okay. was there. I just imagine them listening to all the screams later. Like, yeah, Wait, who I just that? thought, <laughs> that's it. Wow, that's the one. this is yeah. crazy. I mean, to just stand there in your swimming. Screaming. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty weird. What time of year was it when this was occurring? That's another Minnesota. Yeah, you know what? Dead there. Winter. <laughs> I don't remember, but um, the film shot, I don't even remember what month we shot, but we were up in Hayward, Wisconsin. That's where the shoot was. That explains the absurd amount of lining kugels in the film. <laughs> of what? Lining kugels beer. Oh, oh it's like in like right? every scene. I'm like, that's some product that's placement, or they're all having a lot of fun on set. I, I don't had, know. No, no, we, no. <laughs> we weren't drinking it on set. Yeah. But, so it's um, definitely some product placement. So I think it was late summer when it was shot. So the auditions were probably, I don't know, maybe May, something like that. Cool. Because I think yeah. we rehearsed for a couple of months. We actually rehearsed for a couple yeah. of months and then all went up there. Well, I mean, you can tell it's it's a well-made horror movie as far as like there's a lot of movies from that time period, specifically that year, mm-hmm. that you could say like they just kind of did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, this was very well thought out, super organized shoot. It's a great looking super film too. Super professional. Everybody was really, really great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah, it's 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 striking because like, I mean, the premise of it is really silly, right? Right. But the performances, the cinematography, the set design—I mean, like it—it's great. Which is why, to me, why it stands out. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I mean that genuinely. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like, watched it with my brother, who's a big horror fan, and we talked about it for the next like two weeks. Oh and we gosh. we would at the time we were getting together. And watching a movie once or twice a week. And usually, 
I'd say 50% of the time, we'd just be like, hey, at least we saw it. Mm-hmm. And we'd never mention it again, whatever right. it was. But it was pretty uncommon for us to still actively be talking about a movie from a couple weeks earlier because we were just watching so much stuff. Right. But it was just like the, the premise is really fun. The effects are fun. Like, like it is absurd, but like... You're still like even when they're out there like training with the, like the the treble hook and like trying to <laughs> learn how to cast so you can catch the killer. It's like you're in it. You're invest by that point of the movie, like you want him to get him. So if that's how he wants to get him, <laughs> right? Like that's a good. You know, let's get I the don't know if they going. meant if it was intentionally campy. I mean, it, it almost. I mean, the lure was gigantic. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the the concept was absurd, but I don't ever remember them. Yeah, I don't know if they... They weren't going for yucks or I anything. I don't think they were, that's, yeah, And that's why it works, though. Yeah. They could you know? have been. I mean, and I just didn't know, but... I feel like the intents to make it funny, though, with, with in this genre, that's, to me, when it doesn't work. Right. You know? Right. Like, like your performance is great. Thing. Everyone's so serious about it that mm-hmm. it just works. Like, it allows you to buy into it, even if it's absurd. Right. You know? Right. Um, it's cool. And some, like the opening scene with, you know, the grandpa being pulled off and all that too. It's like, it's got this weird, it's kind of surreal. Mm -hmm. Like, I like that. Right. Right. But did they, uh, pretty creative. I was just saying, did did he show up with all those, like the, not the spoiler alert or whatever, (laughs) um, but like all the dummies and stuff with the, like just the effects with the rope through the mouth. Was that all there or was that something that he was building on set? Yeah, I think. I don't. Re- I can't remember the name of the guy that was doing all the, the special effects. effects. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll cover it when we record. The but episode. yeah, I think he. I think he was up there working on it during the shoot. They're really crazy looking. I, yeah. could, I could be wrong. I, mean, I think there's a yeah. There's a picture of him on the back of the box. Right. There, like the yeah. Zombie, yeah. Astro zombie looking character. I mean, there. it's been you know I don't know how many years. What thirty something years? So my memory. On a lot of stuff is a little yeah. fuzzy. Oh, you yeah. have to bear with me. I don't <laughs> it's remember been stuff a long from time. five years ago. Something. <laughs> it's actually not something I ever think about. Yeah. yeah. Playing in a band and stuff, I always like, you know, you come back from a, a trip and you're like, there's like the one thing you remember the most, like mm-hmm. the most memorable aspect or part or maybe person you met. Uh, like, but what would be your favorite memory when you do think about Bloodhook? Well, I have a few. One is a little juicier. One is just kind of a sweet memory. And it wasn't of the shoot necessarily, but um, I was waiting tables at a restaurant in Minneapolis called Runyon's at the time. Okay. And I remember I was doing like a lunch shift and Dave and Jim, um, David Herbert was the producer and Jim Mellon, I think they were college buddies and that's how they kind of came together on this, walked into the restaurant and sat in my section and when I went, you know, up to take their order, they told me I got the part. Oh, that's oh, how nice. they did it. Yeah, that's how they did it. Oh, so nice. had you met them during the audition process? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't know if it's one thing you did for someone else and like they saw a tape, so they surprised it. Like, oh, by the way. No. You know. But I mean, I, it was just a really sweet and unique cool. way yeah. to tell an actress. I've, I mean, of course, it's never happened since. And I'm sure nobody ever does that where they yeah. track you down and come right. to you and tell you. Did they um, leave a good tip? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. They're Probably, really okay. good guys. I mean, <laughs> they're just really solid guys. One kind of funny memory I have that um, I always think about is, so, you know, in every sort of, I don't know if in every horror film, but every kind of 
B-movie type. I don't know. Would you classify this as a B-movie? I'd classify it as a horror movie for sure. (laughs) Uh, A B-movie to me um, implies that it has a low budget. Okay. And I don't think that this necessarily had a low budget. I'm not sure. Because it is, I mean, it's released by Paramount. Yeah. I mean, in conjunction with Prism, but they didn't do that a lot. It was like they did Demon Wind in this. I, I thought Troma maybe produced it, oh, but Paramount okay. distributed it. That was okay. one of the questions I came up with later, was I, I had wondered if any of the Troma people had shown up on set, or if it was a distribution No, that was thing. something distribution yeah. afterwards. In fact, I was living in L.A. at the time, long after the film was made, and David Herbert came out there and was you know trying to sell his movie. And so I met up with him and went on a few of those calls with him, and we went to Troma together and... Oh, you went to the Troma Studios? Yeah. I uh, think talk I to Uncle Lloyd? I can't remember who it was, but he did, you know, he sort of took me along on a few of those meetings. Yeah. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, well, okay. Whether it's a B-movie or not, a lot of those films, you know, you mm. have to have, like, your your full frontal nudity, right? right? Sure. And um, And so they explained to me that th- that would be me, and... Uh, so I had to sign this nudity clause before I started. Yeah. Um, and it was pretty nerve wracking for me at that age. I'd never done a film. I was all concerned about my film yeah. career that, right. you know, hadn't really just begun. And, you know, everybody's like in my ear and telling me what a bad idea it is and don't do it. And you'll be, you know, pigeonholed and all this stuff. Um, but I signed it anyway, and we get on set, and <laughs> we're about, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the way through the shoot, and mm-hmm. I just chickened out. Like, it wasn't even time for that scene yet, but I was freaking out about it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm talking to the, you know, AD and everybody about, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And um, and then I remember, I think it was just David showed up at my hotel room and like kind of sat down with me and was super sweet. Like they're just the nicest guys Mm -hmm. and talked to me about it and, um, you know, said it wasn't gratuitous and they'd do it in a very classy way and everything. And I just, I didn't want to do it. So they let me out of it as you know, right. They kind of shot it. There's a little side action there, but they kind of shot it from the back. Yeah. Which was that's cool because that, that's big not deal. the way it works always in the industry. Oh no, you know? God no! I mean, so yeah, that's they cool. just they were just yeah. kind of cool about it. I nice. mean, you know, as I got older and and continued to work, it was no big deal. It was like, yeah. you know, I and was just now that element seems to be all but absent from cinema. There's like you either have like just a regular movie or it's like hardcore. Right. Or yeah. like just soft the, porn like the porkies kind yeah. of like, oh, look, there's some boobs in a shower. Like, you don't even see that in any Hollywood movies. I mean, I think much yeah. differently about it today, but back then I was just petrified. And that was before the op- idea of like it getting posted on the internet and everyone being able oh, to see yeah. it. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> Plus the actor so. was right in front of me. So yeah. like I had to yeah. take my shirt off in front of him. That was bad enough, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those are a couple little things no, that stand good. out to me anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about working and whatnot. Did you ever try out for any other 80s or 90s horror films? I'm trying to think 80s or 90s horror films. I don't think so. Which I guess attached to that you, it could be, did you, after this movie, did you stay in Minnesota or did you try to go out to L.A. at I that went out time? to L.A. At that time? Yeah. Right around, yeah, probably shortly after. 
Yeah. I went out to L.A. And then, or well, I did one other feature film in Minneapolis that was not a horror film. That was a really cool art film. Um, Eric Tretbar wrote and directed it. He's mm. He was kind of a, I think, a fairly popular director. And, um, Would that have been like in 89, 90, somewhere? Man, I am so bad with years. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I, I don't not, yeah. remember. I'm just, I, I, do I don't it think for it was own. that late. I think it was earlier. Earlier, okay. Yeah. So it was like right after. Yeah. So maybe 87 um, or... And that one ended up, you know... I think it was either nominated or won some awards at Berlin Film nice. Festival. It was a really cool movie. But then I went out to L.A. Yeah. Cool. I've been in one other kind of horror. I don't know if you if it's a horror film or a thriller um, called Playback. Okay. And I did that... have a question about <laughs> what it was like to work with Christian Slater. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, so you know Playback. Yeah, because growing up, oh. I was a huge Gleaming the Cube fan. Heathers. Okay. Heathers yeah. is definitely something I watch at least twice a year. Yeah. Um, the guy who actually did the score for that went to college in Iowa. So, okay. Uh, I always want to say his name's Paul Newman. The other guy's not here. He made these stickers. But it seems like we should give you one. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Yeah. That's one of the Make Christian Slater he's Great Again stickers. isn't he? I mean, he's really he so professional. I mean, you know, I only had one scene with him. Um, and But I do remember he came on to set just for a short time. They shot all of his scenes because, you know, he had a busy calendar. He was very gracious. He bought the entire, you know, cast and crew dinner, like, two nights in a row cool. and um he's super kind and friendly and you know we had our scene i will remember you know it, he struck me as somebody who um he probably looked over the script but was really more improvisational so he wasn't sticking to the script exactly but um right before he came into the room um i think the director said to him Oh, hey, by the way, when you walk into this cops, I, I, I was, I don't know, what do you call like the head of, I was. Chief? I was not chief, but I was, sergeant? I was above him. The sergeant? Yeah, maybe the sergeant. Captain. No. Captain. Captain, maybe. You were the boss. I was yeah. the boss. Yeah. And they, boss he, cop. And they said when he, right before he walked in, I think the director said to him, hey, just keep in mind that like, um, you two, had uh, some kind of affair or relationship mm. prior, like a long time ago. So there's a little bit of that Tension. between you. Yeah. And um, and he just got that information. I remember he walked into the room, and immediately he stopped and, like, kind of checked out my office, you know? And then he <laughs> sat down. And it was just, like, that is the sign of such a great actor yeah. that he implemented that because there was jealousy that I had moved up in the ranks and he hadn't and mm. we'd had this relationship and that's kind of how he you know brought that across cool. I yeah. thought it was really cool and then um the cinematographer on that film was my husband ah. but he didn't know that <laughs> and so I'm sitting there getting ready to shoot and Mark the cinematographer reaches over and he's like fixing my hair mm -hmm. and I go stop it I kind of whacked him away you know yeah <laughs> I remember Christian Slater was just in shock, like, okay, weird. Like, yeah. first of all, the cinematographer never touches your hair. Right. Second of all, you just smacked his hand away. You know? He's not doing anything about right. it. Right. Yeah. It was so funny. And I just, I think I said, we're married or something. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. 
but yeah, that and then we just kind of shot our scene, and that was that. So, as an actress, then did, do you did you enjoy the improvisation of that? I mean, is that him? Or, 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 or I mean, because I assume then you have to bounce. You have to. I didn't have to too much because he's okay. stuck enough. I'm not a great improviser, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, I think a lot of actors work that way and are really great at that. Yeah. I, I have always been sort of like a script yeah. person. I pretty much stick to the script, um, unless I'm asked to improvise. But okay. so no, it didn't. It didn't throw me, but. Um, it certainly was something I was like, oh, he's not. <laughs> so no improv and blood hook then? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, we rehearsed. I mean, it yeah. was, yeah, it was rehearsed. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy that bumper oh, sticker. Oh, thank you. I will. <laughs> Make Christian Slater great again. That's awesome. Funny because people always think it's something else at first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's great. You're talking about B-movies and genre films. What, um, if any, would you say, I mean, even if it's just in October, I know my wife is someone who isn't big on horror movies all year round the way I am, but it starts getting brisk outside and we're watching Halloween, we're watching The Fog, we're right. watching basically a bunch of John Carpenter and Dario <laughs> right. Argento movies, <laughs> but I can also get her to watch, I'll probably make her watch this this year because yes. I don't believe that she's seen it yet. Um, but yeah, is there any movies that, you kind of have a, as far as like a go-to of a genre film mm. and a genre film could be, doesn't necessarily have to be a horror movie. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a genre we cover, but I'd have to say I am very, uh, called to like character, very character driven mm. drama, you cool. know, like poignant stories. Sure. And, yeah. So with that said, is there something that, Something like in for, particular. Yeah, like what's your favorite movie, I guess, would be a really generic question. Yeah, what, what would you recommend our listeners check out oh, outside wow. the horror world? Or, I'm uh, a no big pressure. Uh, John Cassavetes fan. Okay. okay. So like A Woman Under the Influence is probably one of my favorite films. Cool. Um, I like all of his movies. I think they're brilliant. I'm trying to think. I mean, I love so many of them. I should have thought about this before. I guess I, I could have provided the question. Well, you did, yeah. actually. I just... I, I, well, I had genre. This is good. This is genre, organic. This so is I, real, you know? I yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah. So have I you seen tend... him in The Incubus before? No. No. That is, I'm thinking of the right guy, right? It's also in Rosemary's Baby. Wasn't he the guy know. that he He was would... Mikey and Nikki and... I thought he was the actor that he acted in movies to make money to make his independent films. So maybe I'm thinking of he something may... else. Yeah, that may be him. I don't... I've never heard of The Incubus, but evil type story where it's like this creature that gets like willed into existence that then yeah because he has 79 know, acting cool. credits outside of yeah his he was a great Olympics. actor he is in rosemary's baby okay yeah oh, it's the husband he? oh wow yeah he would make like millions in movies and then he would use those movies that money to fund his movies that's mm. how he made all his, his movies films. all uh they're very like verite they you feel like you're watching a documentary Sure. The way he shoots Because he does some in black and white, I mm -hmm. think. I remember mm -hmm. seeing a few that were in yeah. black and white. Yeah. I know he's very involved in the whole process. It's like it's his movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> a genius. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you stay in touch with anyone that you worked with on Bloodhook now? Or is no. it all? No? I don't. Um, for a long time, so I don't remember the character's name, but my boyfriend in mm -hmm. the movie... 
He's great. Yeah. Your 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 scenes together are yeah. the scenes that have the most like chops of the film to okay, me. Okay, good. Thank yeah. you. His name is Mark Jacobs, and we stayed friends for a very long time. Cool. Did he stay but in Minnesota, or did he come out to L.A. too? Uh, he was in L.A. and New York. So we were both in New York at the same time. I did, like, a year in New York, and he was there, and uh, we would hang out. And then he was back in L.A. when I was back in L.A., and then he ultimately went back to Minnesota when he got married and raised family and all of that. And I, I last I heard, he was back out in L.A., but yeah, we lost touch eventually. But yeah, we ended up to be really good friends. He's he's great, super super funny. Yeah, it's interesting thinking back during time periods where it was like much more difficult to be in touch with people, but you'd still take the time to. And now it's like you could probably find anybody, but sometimes it's like you know, kind of. I like, know, isn't that weird? Yeah. You just I don't know how we kept in touch back then. Well, then what brought you back to Des Moines? Um, I'm assuming you're from Des Moines. I am. I grew up here. (laughs) I grew up here. Yeah, I think it was just, I was, uh, I switched careers, you know, I was kind of aging out of acting after like feature, after like independent feature films Mm -hmm. and theater and that kind of thing. When I started having my own kids, I just went into commercials and just did like hundreds and hundreds of commercials. Um, And that's sort of how I made my living until... Mm -hmm. I was sort of aging out of it, and the commercial landscape had really changed because of the internet. And you, mm-hmm. it wasn't like you could shoot that Budweiser commercial and live off it for three years like it would anymore. Get picked up and right. become nationally syndicated. Yeah. You Were you in a Budweiser commercial? Yeah. What, which ad? I did all of them. I did <laughs> all the big commercials back then. There was sort of a group of us. Uh-huh. I'm not bragging, but we were kind of like the it the it girls of yeah. commercials, like. Cool. We just couldn't not get parts. Like, I'd show up for an audition, and there'd be, like, five of us there. And we'd be like, all right, one of us is getting it. <laughs> um, yeah, the Bud commercial I did, it was a Super Bowl commercial. Okay. And it was sort of like a Budweiser safe drinking kind of okay. commercial. Yeah, that's all I remember about it. I never saw it. I haven't seen yeah. half of them. But. So, I think Spud McKenzie must have not been there. <laughs> no, you'd remember that. So I don't think Spud was there. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I just did commercials forever, and then, you know, as I got older, it was just fewer and further between, and the money wasn't as good, and it's just time to switch it up. Yeah. And uh, why did I come back? Oh, well, I won't go into the whole story, but I ended up leaving L.A. and moving to Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville's cool. Yeah, that's where my wife and I went on our honeymoon. Actually, yeah, Yeah. stayed down for a week, had a little cabin. It was awesome. Yeah, it was cool. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I I went out there for a fella, and it you know just sort of the cinematographer fella blew up. No, I was divorced from him by then. (laughs) I'm just just trying to stay in the loop here. (laughs) Um. Yeah, it didn't really work out, and I had actually was here visiting family when it all mm-hmm. kind of fell apart. So I ended up just, I didn't stay. I stayed for a while and try, but I couldn't find any work here. So I yeah. went out to Portland, Oregon, for a year, and worked. And then um, because of the pandemic and the way my business um, that yeah. I'm in now sort of morphed over the pandemic, we could all work remotely. Yeah. So I just left and came back. Cool. It didn't make sense to be out there by myself. So what what do you do now? I'm a psychotherapist now. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I do telehealth from home. Neat. Oh. Yeah. I think I hear ads for 
these things on podcasts where it's like it's like self better help or right. What is it? So it's yeah, so those like are that. companies you can work for. Okay, but I'm in private practice. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, all cool. my clients are in California and Oregon though, because that's where my license is. Do you find that it's easy just to read people by the way they speak? That like, are you doing like video conference? Yeah, we're type doing calls? video. Okay, cool. Yeah. I started yeah. to say that, and then I was like, wait. Technology. She's analyzing you now, it's, Nate. It's the, fu- it's the future. You've here. both been diagnosed already. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, it's all video. I mean, I would say it's not optimal. I mean, obviously, you want to be in the room with somebody and yeah. right. kind of have all that good energetic stuff going on. But it's the next best thing, and people really like it. Cool. It's much more convenient. We're living in the future. I know. It's we got to roll with it, right? Yeah. We have Hogan's questions, oh, and I... Yes. I, I don't really have any other questions. Okay. I think we kind of covered everything. We uh, got the line and Kugels thing figured out. We got the... I was curious. ...favorite memory. It's like it's all over in this movie. Is this some, this is some is serious it? I product guess placement. I didn't notice... I mean, because they're it, from Wisconsin, right? I mean, uh, Lining Kugels so. is a Wisconsin brewery. Or, yeah. yeah, it was. I've been to the um, factory. It's outside of Eau Claire. So I know if they're like, "Hey, just we're giving you eight thousand bottles been of beer," but it's product everywhere. placement because yeah. here we were, like this huge crew of people. We took up this whole motel in this very, very small town. So yeah. it was sort of an invasion, just like the movie, right? Yeah. We were sort of these city slickers who were in town. So there was <laughs> that kind of feeling of like, who are these imposters everywhere we went, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, it was a, a very, fa- like, it felt like a family-oriented film, right? Like everybody's sister or cousin or something was doing wardrobe or... You know, that it, made it enjoyable. Yeah, though, it was just right? really feel like close knit. Yeah, and as your first film, I'm sure that was a cool first experience. Film, it was just super, prof- you know, very professionally done. It was, yeah. Because that's not. It wasn't like how the every kind movie of works, so. kind of like low lower budget film mm-hmm. where you're sleeping on couches and eating peanut butter sandwiches yeah. for you know breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So. Yeah, That's we, more we, like this podcast. Like two, two years ago, when we all went out to the drive-in for that VHS fest, we met Linnea Quigley out there. And I don't know, you know who Linnea Quigley is? No. no? Who's Linnea she, Quigley? She's one of the like, scream queens of that time period. She was in Return of the Living Dead. Oh. She was in Night of the Demons. Yeah, I don't know this genre, She was to just be in, in lots and lots of stuff. But she definitely, like later on, was in some of the movies like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. where like they're, I, can't, I bet she made most of the money. <laughs> the yeah. budget afterwards was not much. But. Right, right. But Linnea's from Iowa, too. Yeah. Oh, is that right? She's from Davenport. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Should we see what... So All right, let's Hogan see what's is in one the who's envelope. Not here. He's our... He would say he's the resident giggler. Okay. Um, He's a he's a funny guy. He owns Bill for Franklin Plaza Barbershop here in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Um, So I'm going to guess his manila envelope of questions. These are going to be goofy ones. Okay. So we'll just see what's going on. Okay. Question one. Uh, I think these are... Let me just look. <laughs> He's got them these on. are all going to be basically rapid fire questions, I think. Ready? Okay. So we need to describe what's going on. There's a, a small vanilla envelope, and there are index cards with questions. <laughs> Crude uh, Sharpie <laughs> writing on there. Yes. So, ready? Okay. Matlock or Murder, she wrote? Matlock. Grilled cheese or PBJ? Grilled cheese. Price is right or Wheel of Fortune? Price is right. My mom was on Price Right, and she won the Showcase Showdown. Oh, Fun wow. Fact. And she stopped. She stepped on Bob Barker's foot when she spun the wheel. Hi. <laughs> yeah. And he went, ah! <laughs> um, who's more handsome, Bruce Campbell 
or Elvis? I don't even know who Bruce Campbell is, so I'm going to oh, have to no. go with Elvis. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. you, you would if you saw him. He's been in enough stuff, I think. He's uh, Ash in the Evil Dead movies or Army of Darkness. He's also been uh, Bubba Hotep would be more recent. But I don't know. Lisa always said she doesn't no, watch a lot of horror movies. I don't but watch in, any, actually. Isn't he in some stuff that's not horror? <clears throat> like, he's in that first Spider-Man movie, isn't he? He's, he's like in the, any movie Sam Raimi's made. First thing come Bruce Springsteen. You know who that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thought I was, he was I'm, going for Bruce Springsteen, which would so, have been my top pick. But the boss? Top. <laughs> I think he said one, two, three, four. I'm not sure. Um, so, I mean, this might be a good question. So, you, if you're not so familiar with the horror genre, why not the horror genre? Like, I just want to see if you recognize his face. That guy. Let me see. He's a pretty handsome man. He he is a good looking man. Oh yeah, definitely Elvis though. Why yeah. not horror films? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I just um. Don't want to be scared. Number Fair enough. one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't no, get yeah. like. I, I know it's not for everyone. Right. So it's, yeah. It takes a lot for me to get. Scared. I don't know. For me, movies Fun. are like a good novel, or they're yeah. meaningful in some way. Yeah, yeah. There's some story that affects my yeah. life that I makes me ponder something maybe I hadn't thought about yeah. before. So I guess I just don't go in for like comedies and silly stuff yeah. or horror films. I guess. Yeah, you sure. Know? And we we love like all three of us on the Fright Zone love movies in general. We just gravitate to horror. For me, the the thing I really like about horror is I. I think the best art is escapism, mm. you know, like, because, I mean, the world we live in is obviously, it's kind of a scary time. It's, you know, it's dark. Um, I try to always, you know, stay informed what's going on in the world and the news and all this. And like, that's what's scary to me. Mm. You know, a yeah. movie where someone's killing people with giant fishing lures, right. that's, that's not, not scary, scary to me. There, there's a level where it's scary. disconnected, but I, I felt way about a lot of horror movies. Um, like, you know, I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street so big in the 80s. I mean, I'm not really going to get killed by some dream demon guy in my sleep. Or you know, there's, are you? Ah! That's the, but that's, that's, that's what I mean. For horror to me is escapism. I so it doesn't you. scare me because it's so disconnected from reality, if that makes sense. Right. Whereas sometimes, if and I and I do love good art house films. I love dramas. I, I love I love film. Good storytelling. But a lot yeah. of times I can get, I can still be kind of sad about the world watching certain dramas. Sure. You know, it's like I like watching horror I mean it's kind of i disconnect mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense yeah I, I mean in your life work too you could probably see why i'm saying where, where my old train so for me that's the fun of it it's escapism got it but i also i 100 understand some people don't want to watch it because like i don't want to see murders or i don't want to see gore i, I mean i get right. that you know right. whereas for me i can watch i can watch my like, cat in the brain there's a little cat who eats someone's brain it doesn't <laughs> affect me at all but yeah, like I watched that and I'm like, what did they make the brains out of? <laughs> yeah. Like, is right. it just got cat food and some sort of lining? Like, I, I'm not like thinking it's a real brain. Right, some of that's right. appealing to me too. I like the artistry of practical effects, which is kind of lost in like CGI and modern films. Mm -hmm. But that's something too in watching horror films. I'm always just taken away of like, wow, like someone sculpted that. Like, it's beautiful art, like a lot of times. Like, right. the effects are crazy. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I mean, but you could also put gore. In a fictional film that is more based on reality, and it'll make me uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. I could watch right. a fictional film where there's like a medical surgery, and that would make me grossed out. Ah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that yeah. to me. I never really quite understood the fascination with horror. That's, you know. Like, I couldn't sit through that today. So, or, when's the last time you watched Bloodhook? 
probably when it came out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's not your. If you need to borrow a copy, then no. (laughs) (laughs) I might. I think. I don't know if I have a copy. I probably do somewhere. If you want to borrow this, oh no, I have that one because they sent it to me. (laughs) Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. If you have, if they sent you the copy with the slipcover, fun fact, because this this might. This Blu-ray, if it has the cardboard slip cover, which is like has like a skull and a fish hook, mm-hmm. it sells for three hundred and fifty dollars on eBay. Yeah, their slip covers. Slip covers. Really rare. If you get in this world of like nerd collectibles right. and stuff, the cardboard slip covers, those are usually only with like the first shipments. So those become highly sought after. So if they by make collectors. A six thousand copies, they probably made about that. Uh they probably did a thousand. So you're slip. saying if I have my one at home has a cardboard slip cover i could sell it for 350 bucks on eBay. but you shouldn't yeah. <laughs> you, you should, should sign it to. and sell it <gasps> oh it. yeah it is yours cardboard no, no. if wah, i have it wah. i'll switch out with you you oh, can have the cardboard you don't one. need to do that it means nothing to me i honestly you're so nice you can have mine well <laughs> then you'll I, have a real nerd collectible yes <laughs> I, we, I, there's not very many nerd collectibles in this basement no. right but it, it's a really fun film um I'm glad you guys it's, enjoyed yeah, it. It's I'm cool. glad people it's are awesome. still enjoying it. That's cool to know. Yeah. It I mean there's a whole bunch of us nerds out here who love this kind of stuff. That's so, so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, even people that collect like the props in them. I'm sure you could if you could find that that treble hook somewhere, it'd be worth something. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was a good question you had. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The have you ever wanted to take someone by treble hook at night question. <laughs> which is to say, is there has there ever been anyone that you would want to take down oh absolutely but i don't think treble hook wasn't my first you know weapon i considered right first you got to find one (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that might require a little more skill than i have yeah (laughs) well you got it i mean there has to be the whole montage you have to learn how to cast it properly right you gotta take it real serious yeah yeah okay well yeah thanks a lot for coming on the show it's really cool you to be willing to do that for some random other iowa folks and yeah, yeah, hopefully uh, our first interview on here. Wow, who knows if we'll do another one? You'll have to do it more often. We'll need we need more uh, horror folks to move back to Iowa. Is what we need. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks yeah. for hearing us and pleasure. doing this. You know, for yeah. sure. Oh boy, that was a fun interview, how huh, guys? <laughs> that was <laughs> crazy. Oh wow. Yep. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Stay spooky. <laughs> Get those leaves off your yard. Thank you.